And good morning. Whoa, hello. Bring me. Boy, I don't know what happened there. I got very juicy today. You're hot today, Glenn. Yeah, wow. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, uh, good morning. It is a, uh, a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the Fan is here. I think we could still bring me back even a little bit I will more. do so. Thank I you, will Zach. do so. I appreciate you that. You know, Paul likes it loud, so I'm used to keeping it yeah, loud for Paul. Yeah, that's a, that is abrasive, <laughs> is what I would say. It's abrasive <laughs> to the uh, eardrums. Good morning. Uh, it is a Friday edition of the program. I'm Glenn. Uh, since it's Friday, Stan the Fan Charles is here in studio with us. He uh, did not get a powdered donut today. Went with the glazed donut instead. What do you think that's going to translate to performance-wise here on the program? Hmm. Yeah. That's a very interesting question. Yeah. What What should we expect? <laughs> lighter. Lighter, <laughs> lighter banter. Okay. Lighter banter. All right. I found out today that the glazed donut has 110 less calories than the powdered donut. So what, what he's saying, if you're listening at home, is if you want to, to lose weight, eat more glazed donuts, is what he's saying. If you want to get into shape... And be healthier, eat more glazed donuts. Well, I'm saying if you eat one donut a week. Oh, switch it to a glazed <laughs> donut. Switch to a glazed donut. You got 110 less calories you got to knock off. I prefer, uh, uh, Zach and I are in agreement about this. I prefer the glazed donut. That is my. I, I, oh, it's better. It's just a better donut. I, look, I have not had donuts in a very long time, but when I was a donut connoisseur, I would say the glazed donut was, if I power rank them, I would go Boston Cream. Glazed no. donut, then powdered well, Boston donut. Cream, Boston cream is not really a, a donut. It doesn't yeah. have a hole. Oh, oh, okay. So you're saying that doesn't count then? You're saying no, anything with a filling that's is like not... A, that's like a Danish type of no, thing. No, I, I, I so just, what do you it's, count? It's a, it's a donut. It's a donut. No, I think it counts. It's, it's a, no, donut has to have a hole in it, man. <laughs> we have to get to the bottom of this. So do you not count... What do they call those those twisty things? Uh, crawlers? No, crawlers. Crawlers? Crawlers or crawler. You, so you don't count that as a donut. No, that... A donut specifically is. I guarantee you, if you look up in the dic- dictionary well, you know what? what a donut is, we're not doing anything more pa- important than that. It's a pastry that. with a hole in the middle of it. <laughs> we're gonna. Well, find if you if you have one of those crawlers, it generally has the same flavor, filling, or topping that a donut has. It's yeah, a donut, but it's not a donut. All right, all right. So who do you count as being the definitive definition? Do you want? I, web- I will you want count webs? anything you looked up. The, yeah, I all right, count any all right. Online so this is Merriam. You don't have a lot of skin in the game. I don't. That's not my concern. <laughs> Merriam-Webster. Mm-hmm. Is who I've gone to. I believe that they. Is there an or in there? Uh, it's there's three different variants right, of the word donut. Oh, right? wow. First word, first variant, a small, usually ring-shaped piece of sweet fried dough. Okay. Number two, uh, these are just other something such as a mathematical torus that has a round shape like a donut. So the the first one is the only one that really right, matters right. to our uh, control. It says circular. It says a ring-shaped piece of okay. sweet fried dough. But it doesn't make mention it of the hole. It does not mention the okay. hole in the process. Right. So I'm I not... stand corrected. I have, oh, boy, this is a big moment. Yeah, he stand stands corrected. Uh, well, look at that. I think you're already firing today. I think the glazed donut but, but is the actually... glazed donut is... It, the whole reason I stopped with glazed donuts is the stickiness yeah. factor. Yeah, it's a bit much. After, like, I got, like, these two fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't... Yeah, I get it. I now, get it. Now it's better. But don't you get powder all over your fingers when you have the powder? I get powder all over my clothes. Oh, that's yeah. no big deal. Stan, here's yeah, a very... I don't mind looking like a slot. <laughs> very important question for you. What's yes. in your coffee? What do you put in your coffee? I put... Uh, I get decaf coffee. Oh, Small decaf. decaf coffee with skim milk. Okay. Which you have to when you're eating... Gla- that's uh, a great point, a right? A powdered donut. <laughs> 300. Yeah, it I balances probably won't it out, need basically. the skim milk anymore. <laughs> right. Now that you're going to the glazed donut, you can go whole <laughs> milk. It's a great point. Uh, and uh, I, I break down and I have like 
about nine tenths of a sweet and low pack. Nine tenths. Why not the full sweet and low pack? It's a little too sweet. Okay. (laughs) Really kind of love the fact that you judged out exactly what the layer is for the sweet and low pack. Um, I'm glad we I'm glad we handled that. That was important. Also in studio with us this morning, Zach Goodman uh, is in for Griffin, and and I'm glad you're clapping, Stan, because yep. Zach Goodman graduated from college yesterday. I did graduate. So we're very from college. proud of oh. him. Uh, I'm now I'm now unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give you suckling a gift. off the teeth. I didn't give you a gift. Let me see if I have a dollar. Oh. Congratulations, uh, uh, Zach. Thank you. So I now pre- your degree that. will read Towson. It will University. read. It will read, read. Towson. Yes, okay. Bachelor of Science from Towson University. Well done, not St. Leo's. No, not, no, not where Jared Beck went. Right, no. but no, no, not. For How was that for a? Look at look at you. Yeah. Stan wanted me to get into what's coming up on the program today. Is what he was trying to do. Stan was was guiding me in a direction. No, Zach, uh, of course, here on the bat around every Saturday morning. And uh, congratulations, congratulations, pal. Well Thank done. you, guys. Appreciate it. So the actual done. graduation was yesterday. It I was. Mean, it was actually yesterday. And yes. they handed you a diploma. They did not hand me. They handed me a fake diploma, and they said, "We'll mail it to you in June." Okay. So is that normal? Is that that, that is normal? That's that seems to be what they're doing now. I but don't know when that started. That's they, so here, here's the weird thing about it. They haven't even. I have two professors who haven't uploaded a final grade for my class yet, and the final. So they're not even sure that they're, you're they're graduating. Not, they're not even sure. So <laughs> they just let you go. I'm not officially unemployed yet, and I might have to walk again in a year if wow. uh, if. It, if yeah, professor some, decides uh, to fail no, me, but that's not going to happen. I think you're good. Happen. I think you're good. So what's the game plan? The game plan is plot it out next wait into the, the the major league baseball hiring cycle in, in September and October. Hopefully, use my connections and grab a job. But that's that's the hope. It's who's uh, going to need a GM next year? Who's uh, who's going to need? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to enter. Do you know Mike Elias at all? Have you met I, him? I ha- Mike Elias and I have talked a bit. Yeah, uh, we. I wouldn't say we know each other, but we've emailed quite a bit. In fact, Zach's responsible for Yanir Cano. That's the the dirty little really? secret. Yeah. Wow. He oh, gave obviously. Him, he gave yeah. him the tip last wow. summer. He said, "I got there's a guy." No, obviously. No, I I got to. the he was he told Michael Ice to sign Robinson Cano. Oh, well, oh, yeah. well so I think he's bit. still got something left. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pay his salary. Well, yeah. Robinson Cano can still play defense, Mike. There's that, and actually the Orioles are doing fine at second base right now. They are doing quite good. They're quite doing quite well. It's hard to believe, though, that Robinson Cano is not a better player today than, uh, what's his name from last year? Rugnet Odor. Rugnet Odor. Rugnet Odor is suddenly the Padres' best player. I know. He <laughs> had a big game the other day. a massive game. Well, Machado's hurt right now. Is that correct? Yes, Machado okay. is hurt 100%. Well, even if Machado was playing, Rugnet Odor, we He's, know it's still better. And for for right now, and then next week, they're going to be frustrated. That's It's the Rugnet Odor experience. Uh, yeah. You get yeah. in the little bit of taste of all of it. Uh, as Stan mentioned, coming up on the program today, we have uh, two minor league trips to make, just the way that it worked out today. Uh, we do these bi-weekly, and one will go to Aberdeen. Maxwell Costas, who's one of my favorite players, just a really good guy, a Gilman alum, Maryland alum, was on the team that made the run uh, last year. He was an undrafted, undrafted free, agent, free agent. Got off to a heck of a start this season at Delmarva, and so they went ahead and gave him the bump to Aberdeen, where it's been a little bit slower since he's gotten there, but that's he's the way. three home runs. Yes, correct. I mean, His the, OPS is pretty Still pretty decent. For an undrafted free agent, yep. oh, his on-base percentage is, like, he's hitting yeah, something like, it's nuts yeah. what his on-base percentage is. He's doing the Gunnar Henderson bit, mm-hmm. except it's a little bit even more extreme than that. Uh, but Max Costas is a great kid. We're uh, looking forward to having him on the show today. Also, we're going to go to Delmarva. Jared Beck, who I, I've, I had him on when the Orioles drafted him because I thought his story was so interesting. Seven-footer. Looking to become the first ever seven-footer to reach major leagues, 
off to a bit of a slow start. We'll see how that goes for him. Also, uh, Jared Beck's story includes a stint with the Savannah Bananas uh, when he was in college. Yes, he was working with the Savannah Bananas. So um, Jared Beck's a really neat story. We'll look forward to catching up with him a little bit later on. And we'll uh, dive into the NBA playoffs. Of course, a, a local connection to the NBA playoffs is that former Loyola standout Michael Malone is the head coach of the Denver Nuggets and is in the NBA Finals for the first time. We're going to head out to Denver. Scott Hastings, Nuggets color analyst and former center, is going to check in with us. And, and their chances to win a uh, championship for the first time, obviously because they've never played for one, uh, may suddenly be becoming more difficult yeah i degree of difficulty i tend to agree with you that they would like the matchup against the heat more than the matchup against the celtics although especially a celtic team that would be coming and having a a four-game win streak yeah i i still i would still like in just the matchup i would still like the nuggets in those two teams but with the addition of the emotional boost and did that fix everything we'll see i they still have to go down in Miami and win another game yep. in order to make that uh, real. So yep. we will see how that plays out. All right. Uh, speaking of seeing how things play, actually, before we do that, let me tell everybody that today's show is brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. How Michaels. Could you forget I that? I know, Glenn. right? They're Jeez, the best. Heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. Actually, I would say it's here New rebates and discounts are available more at AJMichaels.com. Um, they just keep doing it. They just keep doing it. It's it's unbelievable how, you know, when we were if we had been sitting together, the three of us, in the fifth inning on Wednesday night, I think we probably would have said this could end up being a you know a sweep. A, a rough, a real rough patch. Yes. What what yes. happened last night appears to be having a bit of a hangover effect. Right. And this is how baseball works sometimes. Sometimes you just fall into it. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean it's a bad team. But this could just end up being a difficult series, maybe yeah, even a, a difficult week out of yeah. it. And all of a sudden, everything changes in the blink of an eye, and the Orioles win another series on the road against an AL East rival. They go 5-1 and one on a trip to Toronto and New York, which is just absolutely obs- – I, I, it's so difficult because we're having so much fun with it to put into context how this doesn't happen in baseball. You don't go on the road and play two good teams and win five of six games. That is not normal. It is – while anything that you could expect or prepare for or plan for does not include – the calculus of assuming that you're going to go on the road and win five out of six games against two good teams. It is absurd. I ask both of you this question. We know the Orioles, this is now the 50-game mark for the season. Yep. We know the Orioles are good. How do you define why the Orioles are good? That's a great question. Um, there's an old expression that the sum is greater, greater than, than the parts. Than the parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those teams right now, and you know what? The parts are catching up. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the 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 bullpen right now is insane. If you had asked us three weeks ago, or four, how are they going to make up for, for Tate and Givens, mm-hmm. and, boy, won't they both be welcome back? Mm-hmm. Right now, after the performance of Givens the other night, uh, and Tate, with a five-plus ERA in the minors, 
and the way Michael Bauman is pitching right now, I don't know who they're. I don't know how they're going to make room for Dylan Tate. And you wonder if the way they might not make room for him might be to trade him. Boy, that's as cr- crazy. I, as no, it, I, I understand what you're saying. I, He's got a value. All I, of a sudden, I, I, you may trade him to the Dodgers or the. You know, I, I don't know how you're going to make room. For I, him I right think now. your point because I had finally come around and accepted as much as I didn't want it to be the case that the answer was going to be Bauman. Yeah, right. Like I had come that. around. He's to, got the option. They they don't want to give up on both. They don't want to give up on Perez. Although I think that it, if you add, you put a, it, I before I would trade away Tate, I would say you. Th- you're going to have to live with giving up Perez. You're going to have to right, live with that right, before right. I would do the yes. taste thing. Um, and I get it. They don't want to do that. And a he was some with his stuff. I, is tough to, I, I, tough to I get it. I do. Cause the point, your point is, is well taken, which is somebody would take a chance on him. Yeah. You're going to lose him. And maybe the argument is yes. that's why you do both instead. Right. Because there's a lesser chance of someone grabbing both and yeah. taking him. And there's more of a chance of you being able to sneak him back to triple a and right. keep him in the system. But, it's it's not it's a non. Does he have rights uh, that would preclude our automatically, you know, outrighting him to the minor leagues? Is is, you, both, you mean? Both. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. Okay. I wouldn't think so. But I will say, I, I think the Orioles would want to reestablish value for Dylan Tate and say, okay, what he did in that minor league stint for you know the thirty days or whatever it was isn't really That's Dylan Tate, and what he is is more of the guy he was last year. Let him go for the Orioles for a month or two, and then say, okay, it's it's July, the end of July, we're going to trade him now. That's maybe more of the path that I would take. I would. That's well thought out. I would be inclined well to agree out. about that. I and look, but but I'm saying, get let's get back to it. Right. Who do you give no, up? No, it's sure. And I guess the answer would be both. You know, at this point in time. Well, do you? Tr- yeah. And again, that comes back to the question of: Do you trust but, that Bauman can give you the? If if you need three innings, do you trust that Bauman's going to give you the three innings? It's is, just is Tate automatically? We assume this. Is he out of options? I wouldn't think so. That's a okay, great so, question. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't I think, think that so. that's what they're. Oh, they, he's not out of options. Yeah, okay. I, so he, they don't have to trade him. They would. They he probably would has possibly least, reestablish his value. Yes. in the minor leagues. So Tate has two options left. Wow. So, okay. To your point, you don't have to be in a rush here. Yeah. Like right. you don't. They they are certainly no longer in a rush for anything right now. The boy, look, what Bauman did. I, and we, he's been good this season, unquestionably. He's, he's been stepped it up. I, that the other was, night, Luke and I were talking. We text a lot during yeah. games, and and I'm sure Paul and you text a lot during we do. games. Um, that it's walk, weird. No, it, nobody it, ever texts me. It's no. weird. <laughs> well, we know you have Thanks kids. Oh, thank you. That's None what it is. That must kids, be what it is. You, know. you guys, you guys would love to hang out with me, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. God, we, else, we love else, to hang else, out with you. That walk that he gave up. In which game was that? That two out walk that he gave up that mm. and Luke and, and I think then they hit a two run homer. Is that possible? I'm trying to go back. I I, 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 I don't remember either. I, I remember mean, there being a night where I said, All right, that's he's pitched as well. That's, we, we had said and again we're splitting hairs. It was right. who could we send down mm-hmm. when I hadn't thought mm-hmm. out about the Tate thing because that's 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 the solution to that problem is you try and get him yeah. right and then you have the option of saying, Hey, He's right, and now somebody else is faded. Exactly. Or you, or you then have established reestablished value. And you never know; he could be a guy at the trade deadline that a team says, "Okay, this is a lot of value. We have an extra fourth was, starter, and we can, you know, put him in the Orioles' rotation." It was Saturday in Toronto, by the way. 
Saturday in Toronto, okay. he gave up the walk and then gave up the home run. So right. he gave up and the two runs. Luke and I were saying, yeah, Brandon, they, he's lost his way with Brandon, and Brandon put him back in out of necessity, probably the other night, and he gave a huge inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it wasn't just that it was a shutdown inning. It's that the pitches he was throwing were some yeah, of the sure. best pitches I've ever. Yeah, his, and he's at ninety eight. Correct, ninety eight miles an hour, which I hadn't seen from Bauman. Look, yeah. it, it's funny how life works out. This is a guy that in the Duquette regime was considered the number one pitching prospect right, they right. had, mm-hmm. and it didn't quite. He just injuries and things. Yeah. He just wasn't quite ready, and now. I think half by accident, they said, let's try this guy as a relief pitcher. Yeah. Well, that's and, what he told us, essentially, yeah, was, yeah. you know, look, they they came to me. They said, here's – and That's right. We had him on. And, he was, ago, and right? he was totally uh, on board with it. And, again, he looked brilliant. I mean, brilliant the other night. Not yeah. not good. He looked like a dynamite arm that you can't give and up And then he came back last night. And yep. It was, was, it looked good again. I agree. But I think at the end of the day, Stan's right that – the what, wait a minute. What, what, yeah, am yeah, I, yeah. what am I right about? Yeah, isolate that. Please. I'm right so often. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the depth that the Orioles have this year compared yeah. to the past, you know, three years, and obviously they weren't trying for the majority of those years, um, is quite different. It's a a quality of depth where you have a guy like Taron Vavra, or you have a guy even like James McCann, who isn't mm-hmm. a I wouldn't call James McCann a quality baseball player, but he's a quality backup catcher. These guys that can come off the bench at any time and can get hits for you or can get that clutch hit for you and even make a, a start where they're going to get a two-hit game or something along those lines. And the bullpen depth is... I'll put is, Ryan O'Hearn on that list. Ryan O'Hearn, right? sure. Ryan O'Hearn yeah. had a big three-run homer the other Massive. day. And, and they're all accepting their role. You know, yes. Nobody yes. is bitching or complaining or attituding, you know. To your point, every time we've talked to somebody this season, the system, I've gotten the same kind of answer. We just want to be a part of it. Yeah. This thing is so much fun right now right. that we'll do. And I think Bauman was the first one to like, when you said, well, would you like to go back to starting at some point? And you could kind of hear it in his voice because he semi-laughed. He was like, I, I'm, I'm I'm contributing right. Right. I'm to a good, good right baseball now. team right, right yeah. now. I'm having fun. The hell with worrying about starting ever again. Like, I want to do this because this is pleasant. It's enjoyable. It's, to, you know, to your point. And I do think there's something to be said for that, right? Now, I I still don't know that I can define them being this good based on the quality of the depth, right? Like, does that really explain why they're the second best team in baseball at the moment? Like, that's – it's bonkers to me that this team that – on on paper, how many regulars would really be deserving of it, it? Take away the if somebody voted for him, how many people right now would you say if you put together an all star roster today, how many of the regulars would legitimately be in the conversation for being an all star? Two, Mullins Rutschman, and Rutschman? Rutschman and Mullins, right? Know. I think I, I, I think Cano has to be considered. Can, Cano, but I, I, I meant when I mean regular position I meant, yeah, okay, correct. got it, got it, got the got voting got it. players, right? I think that's it. Yeah, the yeah, two of them. That's and yet they're the second best team in baseball. Yeah. That's and the, the part. And the, that's... the player that's sort of unsung hero in all this is probably Adam Frazier. It is Adam Frazier. Uh, yet his numbers aren't no. like I. Is he hitting two? 
40. But at the end, of the, he, he's hitting, I think, 255 as right. of last night. But, about right. but all of a sudden, but I mean, Frazier, he had three home runs last yeah. year, and he's got how many this Six. year? Six. Frazier is one of the hardest guys in the league to strike out. And I think yeah. that's a huge piece that's of context when it comes to Frazier. Team liked about him. Right. And you look at the, the 2021 was excellent. He was an all-star. He was worth four-plus war. I mean, he was excellent. That was the year that they traded him to San Diego. Exactly. Right. And then he kind of fell off a cliff in San Diego like Josh Bell did last year after getting traded from the Nationals. Right. Seems to right. be a, and Juan Soto as well. Be seems Petco to be Soto. Soto be somebody Petco. was look, diving into Soto's numbers for this season and showing me why Soto's. Uh, there was a there, God. He's been the, very good lately. He's yeah. up to like two sixty. His OBP is like four hundred nine. He's yeah. been really good lately. I was, I'm trying to remember. What, I did. There was a tweet going around yesterday that I it really was eye catching to me about sort of the demise of Juan Soto and while maybe it's been a bit overreported. Yeah. Um, the reports of my demise the have been demise a bit, ex- a bit <laughs> over, Yes, correct. Yeah, so so currently he's leading the major leagues in walks. He's batting 262, 423 on base yeah. and then an OPS of 917. So he's been pretty excellent. Yeah, so I'd, far this I'd season. still take that, right? Yeah. <laughs> any any day. I'd almost still sign a, up almost for, a two war for that on my team. Um, yeah, my, I just I keep coming back to it's difficult for me to define. So when somebody says, "Well, is it sustainable?" I well, I don't really know how we've gotten it's, here. And it's, it's interesting because we somehow stumbled into talking about the Padres. The Padres right now, I would say, are the exact opposite of what the Orioles have. Or the sum is lesser is than what the parts. They're, they're, right. yeah, is what they're missing somehow. Yeah. Um, is this sustainable is the next question. And, and obviously the, it's a complicated question because you assume that there are still pieces that either via the trade or guys that can still be called up to be a part of this will – end up being factoring into this equation but on paper is this sustainable considering i don't know how we've really gotten here to begin with how can i say that it isn't right like i you certainly wouldn't say define it as unsustainable correct yeah i, I think that most of us would agree that gunner henderson's back on the right trajectory and that there is reason to believe that you can continue to get a better that, that may be the right. most important development right. over the past two weeks is it gunner henderson yes. and luke reminded me because I haven't been writing that much. I've been, like, so gobsmacked with what's going mm-hmm. on. I haven't been able to, like, really sit down and do five things. It's just strange. My mind hasn't worked that way. But he reminded me that the the thing I wrote in spring training when I got back was I predicted, he said, you were really prescient on that, saying we're going to have to stick with Gunnar Henderson, that it's not going to oh, be sure. just yeah. a trajectory like that. Yeah, to the moon, but right. But, boy... That was maybe the biggest hit of his season, the other. Well, um, his two, a home run off of Garrett Cole mm-hmm. and then coming in in that situation and being ready and hitting that double, lacing that double yeah. that put us ahead in that game. That may have changed his season, those two hits. I think there's also reason to believe that the Orioles are better because of the fact that right now Adley Rutschman is very cold. He's That's hitting too. 230 over his last 30 no games. No question. Yep. And this is a guy Stinks. who who la- <laughs> this is a guy who last year extend him. <laughs> Jim Bowden said yesterday three hundred million dollars. By the way, wow, well, we that's, Bo- that's probably about right. We had Bowden on this show. Probably about right. He said three hundred million dollars. I said okay. I don't think that's happening here. But my point is that Rutschman last year contributed to so many of those wins, and I think you can say that the 2022 Orioles were good because of Adley Rutschman sure. in, in many ways. Sure. And this year, I think it's good because of a lot of different reasons, and Rutschman, over the last 30 games, hasn't really necessarily offensively been one of them. He's always defensively a, ex- exceptional. But I'm trying to think. I think I was. So I, you know, there is somebody I do text with sometimes. Since you guys won't text with me, uh, it's my friend uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Johnson, former Oriole. He and I will sometimes text during games. 
And yeah, I know, yeah. right? It's not as good I mean, as, as like Stan and Luke. I understand or, that, right? <laughs> I'm not, or Brooks. Boy, or, look at look at you taking. He's catching straight. Stan Johnson. Stan's got Ross Grimsley from Stan the fan this morning. <laughs> and I, we were talking about would you trade off? So remember at the beginning of the season, of course, Adley Rutschman was was knocking the cover off the ball, but the starting pitching stunk. Right. And then all of a sudden, the starting pitching turns around, but Adley Rutschman's offense. So which one? Would you prefer moving forward? Like, if you only could have one, Adley Rutschman. starting I'll take the pitching. I, I agree, too, right? Yeah. Like, and so how much of that do we think is a credit? And then that we are getting into the, you know, is there a focus? Is that, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it, it probably could be nothing but dumb luck that it happened to work out that way. Um, but the starting pitching has been yeah. clearly much better yeah. at about the same point that Adley Rutschman's offense dipped the starting pitching completely turned for this team, and in the exact same way, there's... N- and boy, did Mike Elias make the right call on on opting out on Jordan Lyles and going with Kyle Gibson. Well, he was unbelievable yeah. last and night. And does a much Jesus better post-game Christ. interview. Great point. That is yeah. that is the most important <laughs> part about all of it. But the other part, the point that Steve brought up is that we're all talking about trading for a pitcher, and understandably so. Who is it that you're looking to kick out of the rotation at the moment? At the moment, you're, you're, it's a tougher call than it it looked like it would be. Which isn't to say that if you got somebody, you wouldn't solve that problem. But at the moment, there's not one guy in the rotation that you're saying, he's got to go. I I still wonder what this bullpen would be like. And, and pro- I'm probably going to get shellacked for this you're still but talking tyler, about tyler wells, tyler wells. Yeah. Uh, the home runs he's giving up well the other night are, obviously are was a little rough. alarming to me yeah and i just still have questions about his overall durability but but i think we'd all agree wouldn't he be a beast in the seventh and eighth inning? undoubtedly i yeah. mean he'd be just unbelievable uh if he only had one inning to pitch the know? and yet in the three starts that he made before the yeah. other night he was yeah. Dominant. Yeah. I mean, he was absolutely for a little while there. He was establishing himself as their best pitcher. Yeah, he, he was there definitely a week ago. I would have said he's their best. Pitcher. Correct. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a let's just kick him out thing because that's not the that's not the idea or narrative I want to go after here. But Dean Kramer to me would be the guy that would be replaced if there was a trade deadline trade. You, so Grayson Rodriguez has been worse, undoubtedly. Right. But Dean Kramer is kind of a I don't know if he's a finished product but he's getting close to being one obviously Grayson Rodriguez I think you have to let him sit there and learn because that's the only way he's gonna if he gets tagged for the rest of the year he's still gonna learn him coming out and saying he was tipping pitches early on do you guys buy into that as that's the that's I missed that I didn't hear he came out this week he told the Baltimore Sun that they discovered that he was tipping pitches early on and they pointed out a, a couple I'll try to go back through. This is a, it was a really good story. And maybe that's why Keith Law hated the delivery for a good three or four years there, and and, and put Grace oh, Rodriguez well well down on his top one hundred list because of the delivery. He thought that he'd seen. I I don't know I if don't, it was I necessarily don't Keith that. Law ever talking about tipping pitches. Though. He didn't talk about that specifically, okay. but Keith Law notably hated the delivery. I'm not entirely sure why, but obviously uh, delivery has some some part to do with that. If he's tipping pitches and uh, and showing the ball a lot too early, or maybe he's showing the ball through his glove, I'm not sure what it is. But there's something along the line of an issue here I, I i i don't necessarily think i noticed that but i stand are you the same in the same boat i i, I had not noticed it. no i, I, I chalked I it either. off so, towards so here's to that he's, he's just a little bit from the 
Uh, quote, there were some things that I was doing that were a little obvious to the other teams, unquote, Rodriguez said, without getting in-depth into too many things, just a minor mechanical adjustment just to help me conceal the baseball more, keep a consistent delivery, yeah. just keep guys on edge, unquote. When the 23-year-old came set in his old stance, he had his glove near his head, holding it atop the, holding it atop the ball in his right hand. In limiting the Toronto Blue Jays to two runs and five base runners in five innings Saturday, Rodriguez lowered his glove to his chest, holding it such that it was between the batter and his right hand. Hmm. After previously having a significant bend in his right knee and placing his left foot farther toward the first base side, he straightened up slightly and brought his feet closer together. It certainly wasn't something that I, I saw. I, I was not paying attention to that whatsoever. Yeah. Look, I, I hope that it's that simple and, yeah. you know, now all's, all's well. I To your point, I don't know that I'm ready to just say, well, that solves everything, right? Like, I'm not sure that I'm ready to go there. Right. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, he's going to take his lumps, and he knows that. And it's going to be a year probably for him where he hasn't really found success, where the, it's probably going to be, frankly, the first year in his whole life he hasn't found success. In, in, in any level of professional baseball, because he right, is dominant. So dominant. He's dominant. Yeah, I right. mean, his ERA in the minor leagues was, what, 2-3-1 mm-hmm. throughout his career? Yeah. So something along those lines. He is going to struggle a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, it's probably a good thing. And you certainly can't kick him out of the rotation, because that solves nothing. Unless he's, a, unless he's you know, well, at a 7-8-9 I mean, ERA, right, then we're going right. to get into that. Yeah, but if you're, well, but and if they still have to deal with the innings a, thing at some point, but too. But if you're trying to win a championship, I don't know that he's... He's bulletproof. He's certainly not know. my game one starter. No way. Yeah. No, but I, I think Stan's point is well taken, too. If he continues to struggle and you acquire a pitcher, to, to I understand what you're saying about Dean Kramer, but let's be fair. Dean Kramer, over the course of the last month, has largely been, you know, starting in Atlanta, Dean Kramer's it's been, been fine. Yeah. Been, been not just fine at times. He's been yeah. really good uh, for a few of those starts. Yeah. Boy, so what a what a different problem than we thought we'd be talking 100%, about. A hundred percent with the starting pitching. Uh, I mean, it's on. If you go back to the show we did that Friday, as that Atlanta series was beginning, right. Dean Kramer was pitching for his job. Dean yeah. Kramer was right. on the chopping block, and it was time to give DL Hall the the look, right. and all of that. And now here we are talking about how much the pitching. It's amazing the moment that we all talked about the the competition stepping up happens to also immediately coincide with the moment when the pitching stepped immediately up. stepped up. It's yep. incredible how that worked out for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, but taking a step back, I, I, I know what you're saying, and you, it, no one is suggesting that the Orioles end up being in the market for a pitcher, that they're going to you know, just say, well, sorry, we can't do it, or that it's okay to say we can't go out and get a pitcher because we can't take any of these guys out of the rotation. That's, that's, you're missing the – you're not solving the correct problem if you approach it that way. But at the same time, and it's sort of the, the, the column that I wrote this week for Pressbox was, this stuff is real now. Like, this is real. Some of these things that we've kind of treated as like, hey, they're yeah, down. This has all been hypothetical up Correct. until this season started. Yeah. And the way that it's gone, the fact that you've gone and done the things that you've done to this point now kind of puts this into hyper-focus. You can't keep pushing these things off now. I am listening to people now talk about the idea of you could take on a rental. And I would have told you three weeks ago, there's absolutely no effing chance that you can take on the rental as the Baltimore Orioles. I don't care if it's Shohei Otani, you can't take on a rental. You can't give up anything putting all of your eggs in the basket of this year. Now, I'm still not suggesting that's a smart thing for the Orioles Mm. to do. But if they continue playing like this, it's not bonkers to say sometimes your best chance to win is not the year 
Did anybody think that the Cubs window was going to close the year that they won the World Series? No. We thought that was the start of their window. We thought they got there maybe a year earlier than we expected it to be. Right. As it turns, they had a five-year, six-year run in them. And as and it, it turns it out, turns out that was their only chance. Yeah. That was their only chance to win a World Series yeah. in that in with that key group of talent. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that's what I think is going to happen with the Orioles. For God's sakes, Jackson Holiday isn't even here yet. Won't be a part of it this season. I don't think it's likely that this is going to be the only year for the Orioles. But is it possible that five years from now we'll look back and say, well, in hindsight, that was their best chance? It's possible. Th- I don't think that's the case. By the way, we, we overlooked one player, and, and it was interesting. He was only back up for two or three days, but Cole Irvin – Mm. Also echoed that that comment. I mean, in other words, I had a feeling he would come back up and have a bit of a chip on his yeah, shoulder. That boy, I yeah. I wish I hadn't been traded for to the Baltimore Orioles. It was just <laughs> the exact opposite. Are you sure? Are you certain that it's not a better time to be in Norfolk than it is to be in Oakland? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, but <laughs> but all kidding aside, he was of that boy. I just like I'm liking being a part of this again. Yeah, you know. I, it's 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 electric. Why you know everybody that's who wouldn't want to be a part of something that is this pleasant? And it's not just the winning. It's that you know there is a atmosphere around the club, and to be able to go out and spend five hundred dollars on the Baltimore Connect jersey. That's right. You know, beautiful. Those that's beautiful. the that's the great thing. Uh, Matt Torper thinks we should be giving more credit to Austin Hayes as a potential All Star. He's been. He's been. He is leading good. the Orioles in average, Correct. and I think he's what top five in the American League. But and he's and come, playing a very solid outfield, and he's come through with some big hits. Obviously, last night, you know, like he is. He, he's playing a good outfield. I, I wouldn't say it's prior Austin Hayes though. I, I think Austin Hayes 2018, 2019 when he was first breaking in was a more athletic center fielder, and now he's definitely one of those more muscled out corner guys at this point. But he's he's been fine. It is his metrics on Statcast and and uh, Baseball Savant don't necessarily give him a ton of credit. But he's been okay. He passes the eye test, I would say. I, he's, I, got I, a, he's got a terrific arm. He does really. absolutely. Yes, right. I, I certainly don't think he's hurting you by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, I, 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 I yeah. Um, to say he's not a plus defender, yeah, I, I understand. No. I understand what you mean by that. <clears throat> I think, you know, that among these questions that become real as I talk about this sort of hyper focus mm-hmm. is how are you solving the Colton Cowser thing? What are you doing? Because he is reaching graduation time. He's reaching the point of he's played more games than Adley Rutschman did. He's been there. He's there's no reason they're to, waiting to put his diploma in the mail. Correct. <laughs> Appa- <laughs> apparently they're going to give him a fake call up. <laughs> they're going to bring him in one day and double say, header. Here's the big call up. Day. 27th man. Right. And come up and not actually play in the game. Something like that. You're absolutely right about Kowser. And by many metrics and, and numbers, he's outperformed both Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman right. minor leagues. So what are you doing? So what's the solution with Colton Kowser? Which again, it's easy for us to say not a problem today. It's not a problem you have to solve. Not today necessarily, yeah. but you know who I understand uh, has been playing some first base at Bowie? First base at Bowie. Heston Kirsten. Heston Kirsten. Okay. Yeah. I think the heat is on on my boy, Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah. I, I think that – He could be knocking on his door. I, yeah. I, I'm just telling you, the numbers look good. You know, the 10 homers yeah, sure. and 36 runs batted in, and it all looks good. 
leaves a lot of men in scoring well, I, position. And I think that what I said this, it's funny because on Monday, Griffin and I were having a conversation where I said, I don't know that on a championship caliber team, you can have both Santander and Mount Castle in the middle of your order. Well, I think, I think Santander is the answer you're looking for for Kowser. I think that's the answer. So, but but doing what? Trading him or you're not going to get a ton. That's that's where I'm I'm struggling with the, what the answer for this is. Because the point we saw him playing first base, and absolutely yeah. you could do a little bit more of that and a little bit more of Mount Castle DHing. Then you somebody starts asking, then don't aren't are you really forcing the hand of Jorge Mateo with all of these moves? Is what you're really ultimately going to do be we? The weak link is Mateo. He's the guy that can't play every day when you know, when Arias comes back. Is that really the answer? That if you move his and defense have is, his defense is awfully good. It's, I haven't seen enough of Ortiz defensively, but, oh, but the he's pretty. He's pretty. He's so he's good. Brilliant. You know? He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And you could see that that quick the turn of the double play the other day, mm-hmm. like you just it it's so easy for him yeah. when he's out there that. Boy, it's it's really appealing the idea. I, I I get that you have enough spots that you can use everybody, and ultimately what we might really be saying is at some point Ryan O'Hearn's the one that goes. When Kowser gets here, it's at the expense of Ryan O'Hearn, and then you're just you're using everybody five days a week. You're at, finding to ways extent. to get everyone in. Correct. Sure. I, right. And and Taryn Vavra may also see his spot be lost at some point. And and look, we think we can all live with those being the answers. Yes. I think your point is well taken for the end of this year. Yeah. That once you're starting to look at Kerstad as being part of the equation, and not to say Kerstad couldn't end up getting here. He could get a look this yeah, year. Before yeah. the year is over. But my point is if, if Ryan Mountcastle were our sixth or seventh hitter, yep. I'd you wouldn't hear me talking about Ryan Mountcastle, but time and time again, he comes up and strikes out. Well, the tenth with, inning you know. and on on Tuesday night was a problem. Like that was it came very much into picture what yes. I'm talking. When those two guys, the two guys coming up, and Santander has a better knack for getting hits in those yeah. situations. So I don't want to crucify Santander too much for yeah. striking out there. But when those yeah. guys came up with a runner on second base and nobody out, and it was back to back strikeouts, and all of a sudden. You wasted your opportunity, and given the way that extra innings work, you essentially handed a win to the Yankees in the process. It was a reminder of why I just don't think this works as the middle of your order. I don't think that a championship team has it, it those. Can't be. Yep, it yeah, can't I be. I agree. I mean, right right now he's basically, according to OPS Plus, a league average hitter. He's at 102. It's two percent better than your average major league hitter. And the fact is, is that he is an OBP of 273. Yeah. That's not a three or four hitter. Yeah. That's an eight or nine hitter at best. And mm-hmm. most guys who have 273 OBP are in AAA. But they need the pop, and that's they do. That, that's they the do. tricky part at the moment. Is they need, and it's why when as much as we always talk about the fact that they need pitching if they're going to do something at the deadline. Stan and I have definitely had the conversation about they could really use one more big bopping bat. They could. They, they could. really and could. And that big bopping bat could possibly be in the organization Cur- already and I think could be changed. You also can change the structure of your lineup. Uh, Cedric Mullins <clears throat> does not have to be your leadoff hitter. And then suddenly he's batting third, let's mm-hmm. say, or mm-hmm. Rutschman is third. You still get Rutschman up every is, first Is inning. this a world where Gunnar Henderson at some point becomes your leadoff hitter? No, I'd say Adam Frazier would be my okay. leadoff hitter. Okay. You I like know. that a lot. Okay. Yeah. And then suddenly you've got Mullins. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you kept Rutschman second, Mullins third, Santander, Henderson, Hayes, Mountcastle. Mm-hmm. That to me is potentially a much more attractive 
lineup, a, a tougher lineup for a pitcher to get through. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, especially against against a right-handed pitching, you know, opponent. But all these are so much more wonderful problems to have when you're sitting with the second best record in baseball. God, quick, it's so quick much question. More Look at the face during the games of Brandon Hyde now mm-hmm. versus, say, two years ago. During the game when the TV camera, he is so much more uptight and intense than he was two years ago. Well, nothing it mattered two years ago. Yeah, exactly. It was irrelevant. I, I, I mean, no, for Brandon Hyde, he's probably just looking to go home, at, you know, in those games. He's like, right, like, right. like yeah, look. He was thinking it. of his answers in the post-game show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're in August and September and you're, you know, near 100 games lost, then you're not really going to enjoy those games. I mean, even even the biggest of baseball fans are not going to enjoy watching 100 lost baseball. It just... At the end yeah, of the but day, I also true. think that he understood the assignment. Ben. He did. I think to Stan's he point, he he knew. He knew what he, he was signing what, up for. What was yeah. going on, and he knew there was, and and it didn't. I don't think he dealt with the flack. I don't think anybody was after him about the result of a baseball game two years ago. I don't no, think he had to walk everybody into. Everybody understood, and he all, understood what he had signed on for. Where, whereas you know, now, I I think that the result of a baseball game could lead to somebody within the organization saying, "What were we doing there?" What you, you know, you think of all the decisions that Mike Elias has had to make mm-hmm. over his five years here now, and that was a hugely important decision, picking the right guy that could both handle that. Yep. And I I don't know whether it was part of his equation that boy he can handle it and also be good when the games count. But it, it, Mike Elias a lot of his decisions, Frazier, Gibson, you know, the draft picks yep. that he's made. It comes back to him, you know, that he's done a remarkable job and that kind of comes back to John Angelos to me of John has done a lot of right things since he has been the steward of this ball club. And, and this, except the pricing on the Baltimore Connect, <laughs> still worked up about this. I'm so glad. Five hundred dollars. I, I just don't care. It's is not that, my. Is that true? Yeah. For an authentic, for a you know. Oh, like that, okay. You know, it's you look it up on Google. It's not. It's like a. It's not like they're signed or no, anything. No, they're not. They're not that. You're 100 percent right the about fabric. That. That much made more. out of gold, yeah. I, don't yeah. Think I haven't so. heard your guys' takes on this yet. I'm, I'm sure you've talked about it, Glenn. I, they underwhelmed me, but I'm I'm the wrong person for this, right? Like, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't I, either. I just <laughs> I, I don't I, either. I, I am uh, my buddy Don Foxworth and I joked about this the first night. Remember the first night Maryland played Miami in those football uniforms, mm-hmm. and there was a, a lot. All the conversation was about the uniform. uniforms. Yeah. And I remember Dom and I were talking the next day, and I said, "Dude, I, I just." They could care. they could wear Duke uniforms if they were gonna win. <laughs> if they're gonna if Maryland football is gonna win, Duke sucks. Ohio State I, sucks. Thank too. you, I appreciate that. I I don't I don't say Ohio State anymore. Actually, I, <laughs> I know you don't. I know you don't. Yeah, that was more way more. Well, I don't even. I, it was I, whatever. Anyway, um, I don't care. Just win. I just not this guy. Like I I can have an opinion about it and say I think this looks sharp or I like mm-hmm. the way this looks, but ultimately you're not gonna get me to get worked up about it. Same. I don't care enough. I'm underwhelmed by this. But this was never for me. Whoever this is for, if they're into it, God bless. Be, yep. be into it. It's just not, I, I, whatever they wear, go win baseball games, man. That's the part that I care about. Be, this is an incredibly exciting weekend. This is the most exciting Memorial Day weekend in Baltimore in, you know, it's six years. Six years. Yeah. At, like, at least, that's all I want. 
I am legitimate. This is a straight shot. I bought tickets to see Blink-182 tonight, and I'm angry about it because it means I'm not going to be able to be, uh, watch the baseball game. Is that at CFG? Yeah, it's at the arena. Oh, okay. Right. Cool. Oh, by the way, if you're going downtown tonight, be prepared. It's going to be a mess. Um, but I am actually angry, and I love Blink-182. I'm excited about going. They hadn't been together in years. It was it was very exciting, and I legitimately had a moment this week where I said, yeah, but I, I won't be able to watch the baseball game. I'm so in love with sitting down and watching baseball right now that I don't want to lose even one day of watching get, baseball. Does, does Blink-182 have a uh, connect... Uh a Jersey, city connect a city. Yeah. Connect. <laughs> they're, they're charging seven hundred dollars for theirs. <laughs> All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, before Maxwell Costas joins us, I want to spend a couple of minutes uh, with you, Stan. Carmelo Anthony, of course, announced his retirement earlier yep. this week. Um, you and I had had some lengthy discussions about Carmelo Anthony in the last uh, year. I want to talk about where he is on the list of the greatest Baltimore athletes of all time. I want to talk about that when we come back in. Stan the Fan is here. Zaxxon for Griffin. It's a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. 
Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles is here on a Friday edition of the program. Pressboxonline.com slash offers has great sign-up bonuses, incentives available for you. Like right now, you can get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings. After placing your first $5 bet, see this and other great sportsbook offers at Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Stan, I don't remember exactly when it was that you approached me and said... You realize that Carmelo Anthony just moved into the top, top 10, 10 yeah. all-time of NBA scorers? Like, I feel like we should be doing something more significant to recognize that with press box. Well, it was, it was, if I recall correctly, we were struggling a little bit because, frankly, I didn't think Rutschman going into September, October last year right, was, was worthy of being... The, yeah, I think the, we both kind of had the, the feeling of, of, sports love, person of not of the year. yet, right? Yeah. Like, like, and and we ended up picking Adley Rutschman, and all things considered, was a good choice. But but it felt like the award should go to somebody with bigger credentials. And I threw it out, and we we internally, you, me, and Jen and mm-hmm. Luke, kind of batted it around that there needed to be something done about about Carmelo Anthony when he retired. Mm-hmm. And now he's retired. He's uh, announced his retirement officially. I We were talking about it earlier in the week, and th- the question that I was dealing with in my head was, is Carmelo Anthony a top five all-time Baltimore athlete? And I'm separating pro athletes from Baltimore and saying athletes from Baltimore. And I'm willing to extend Baltimore – I've got a little leeway on Baltimore. Like, I will extend... Sugar Ray Leonard. Not going to extend that far. I would extend Baltimore to Anne Arundel County, Baltimore County, Harford County. Keith Mills. Yes, 100% Keith Mills. I don't know about that part, but Keith Mills would qualify. Um, Carroll County. Like, I would do Baltimore and immediate area counties would be PG County. Now, I was born in... Washington D.C. Yeah, so you are out, my friend. Even you though are, I came to Baltimore when I was six years old. Oh, now you're back in because that that qualifies the same way that Carmelo Bread. Anthony. So you consider me it. as I would consider you on the list of the greatest Baltimore athletes of all time. And yes. then dismiss <laughs> me. As... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Immediately, let's put his name into the conversation. And now moving on uh, to the actual Stan, the, the, the great Baltimore athletes of all time do not eat glazed donuts or powdered donuts oh, every Friday. Oh, boy, that's harsh. <laughs> you know, harsh. Quali- oh, no, it looks like Cal, Cal Ripken has eaten a few. <laughs> no, you, oh, you, you, oh, you, gotta, you know what, Stan? That's a great point. That's an oh, excellent point. I take it back. Billy hasn't, though. No, Billy actually looks Billy great. Looks yeah, why isn't Billy on this list? We he has to qualify. Uh, he would be in the conversation. Actually, I mean, senior probably. I don't know if you consider him an athlete, but where was was senior born here? No, no he wasn't no? born here. No, okay. not at all. Yeah. Um. So I started thinking about it. Is he a top five all time? Carmelo is Carmelo Anthony a top five all time? But it, then it was is he top three? I right, like Carmelo me a Carmelo meter is that what you want? Carmelometer. Yeah. Cal Ripken Senior was born in Aberdeen. Was he really? Apparently. I did not know that. According to Wikipedia, so it's probably only no, 75%. I, I'll buy it. I just did not <laughs> I did not know it's that. It's fascinating, though, that he also managed at Aberdeen, North Dakota or South Dakota. I do remember that story. Yeah. But as an athlete, he didn't really accomplish all that. As an athlete himself, he's not really, like, again, his life is certainly incredible, but yeah. and specifically as an athlete, did not have significant accomplishments. Um, 
so that's I was struggling with this. Where would Carmelo Anthony find himself on the well, list of I mean, the all-time? We start off with Cal and Babe Ruth I, and Michael Phelps. Those three. I are, think those. Are yeah, are, I would probably argue that you're right. You can't have Carmelo Anthony crack into the top three right. because I do think those three have. If you're again, if you're including Cal Ripken, if we're including Harford County, then those three do separate themselves. I mean, it's pretty damn impressive of all the athletes that came from this area, Mm -hmm. that you've got Michael Phelps' unparalleled Olympic history. Unquestionable, right. Cal Ripken, the Iron Man, Mm -hmm. first ballot Hall of Famer, and, of course, Babe Ruth. The greatest baseball player player before Shohei Otani. That's fair. Uh, uh, And then you put in the next guy could be, say, a Hasim Rockman because he won the heavyweight championship of the world for a cup of coffee. Uh, and after that, uh, Carmelo Anthony, top 10, uh, retiring. You can't hold it forever. People are going to Yeah, Durant's going to get get up there, yeah. but that would only bump into 10. 10 he would still right. be in the top 10 after Durant. But that's a pretty remarkable accomplishment in the history of basketball that he's in the top 10 scorers. Now, it didn't translate to winning games for the teams he played for, but that's not entirely his fault. Although either. it does also matter that he won an NCAA title and he won three gold right. medals. Like all of those things also right. qualify when we have this conversation. And played here at Towson Catholic. Correct. Right. And was it, again was not born in Baltimore, but right. lived the, the bulk of his childhood was in Baltimore. By the way, can we all agree that Michael Phelps is the clear number one here? I mean, him and Serena Williams and Tom Brady to me are the three all-time greatest athletes because of what they've done winning-wise. You can't. I, I think it's hard to actually go against that. I, I don't know if I can elevate him over the greatest player in baseball history. Yeah. I don't think I can do that. You consider Babe Ruth the greatest player in baseball history? Yeah, I do. I do not. Hang on a second. This, I consider Willie Mays some, to be the greatest somebody, baseball player ever. I, I think he may be the greatest athlete in baseball history. Okay. Um, what this is when I when this was presented Were to you me. Looking up Babe's War. Yes, yeah. it's one of the most staggering things. It's like 147 it's or something. So, right, like doubles Willie Mays, right? It, it, Tony Gwynn was the one that really struck me. Right? right, I think of Tony Gwynn as one of the greatest hitters in baseball history. Right, one of my bo- most beloved baseball figures of all time. Tony Gwynn's career war was 69.2. Right. Wow. Babe Ruth's career war was 182.6. And for the record, Willie Mays was 156.1. Okay. So he had him beat by about 33. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Bonds is the next highest position player on the and again, I'm not not sorry, that's not true. Barry Bonds is 162.8. Uh, yeah, but Barry, yes. Then yes. Willie Mays is after Barry Bonds at 156.1. Yeah. And I have Barry Bonds at number 2 on my list I, of, look, of greatest. I, I think as far as athletes are concerned, I understand exactly what you're saying about those guys. But Babe Ruth, unquestionably the greatest baseball player of all time. Stan's point is well taken, that what Shohei Otani is doing right now... Yeah, uh, but he's not there. Correct, yet. not yeah. there, right? Not there, like, yeah. can't go there. So I can't... The only other player in baseball history to me that would be in that discussion would be Ted Williams, and especially... He's up if there. If you take the force. Four, right, four where he seasons was, he was yep. in the war, you know, the Understood. Korean War and World War II. So, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying about Phelps. I'm still going to put Babe Ruth one, okay, Michael Phelps two, Cal Ripken three, and we can quarrel if you want to quarrel about the fact that. But your point is, is Carmelo number four? I, I think it becomes a debate between Al Kaline and Carmelo Anthony yeah. at that point, right? Like I think it's it's one of those two, and that's to take nothing I away. Would throw Hashim Rockman into the conversation. <sighs> I, I think that a, I, it's the, that accomplishment is about as significant as you can get. Yeah. 
but was his it's brevity was his career really worthy of that that it's a good I mean it's a good point I think a boxing person would tell you that so far Gervonta's day Gervonta's career right. more significant or at least on the trajectory of greater significance right. than Hasim Rahman's and I do think that at some point in five years we could we'll revisit this list and Gervonta Davis Gervonta will could probably be, be in it if he stole right alive if he, and, and if he stays correct yeah. if he is able to you know control the chaos yeah. um I I think that it's Al Kaline or Carmel Anthony. I think what I'm saying is yeah. I'm good with saying top. Pam Shriver deserves to be considered in this conversation. It wasn't if it had been singles accomplishments, it would have been obvious with right. Pam Shriver. It's right. very difficult for the casual no, fan no, to give no, context to a doubles tennis player and where where that warrants you on a list of the all time greatest players. But she was overwhelming as a doubles tennis player. She yeah. deserves to be in this conversation, but I don't think in any world ahead of a Carmelo Anthony or an Al no. line I'd put Carmelo Anthony over Al line and I think that's because of the generations they played in. Again, I, I, I t- it's hard to take it, things away from baseball players who played as long ago as Al Kaline did, and especially Babe Ruth. When you t- I mean, Babe Ruth played 30 years before Al And it's Al the Kaline easiest did. knock that somebody could have. Well, look at who's, who he's playing against. Right, he wasn't right. playing against real athletes. It's fine, but that's who everybody was. See, to me, Carmelo Anthony would have destroyed NBA players in the 1980s. Absolutely destroyed them. But now I think the, the common NBA player is a lot better than they used to be. Um... They're certainly more athletic than they used to be. There's no question yeah, about that. Yeah. Somebody would say, but they didn't play defense like they used to play defense. So there would be something to be said for that. And again, there's the advantages, the technological advantages. That This is an eternal debate of what if you gave all of those players the metrics that we now have, the technology that we now have, the money that these players are making. Would those athletes have all looked and played like these current athletes do if they had? I don't. We can never answer these questions. We can only really measure it against what they were doing. Um, I, of course, don't have context for Al Kaline the same way because I wasn't watching Al yeah. Kaline day in and day out. I can only I mean, his his most remarkable accomplishment was never playing a game in the minor leagues. Came it's unbelievable, right? right? I mean, it's, right to the major it's absolutely. Un- How old was he? Was he was 18. 18. 18. Right. It was absolutely incredible, and he finished his career as a 92 WAR player. Yeah, I mean that's. Al Kaline is ahead of the, the here's the the ten guys behind Al Kaline on the all time list: Wade Boggs, Eddie Plank, Steve Carlton, Gaylord Perry, Bob Gibson, George Brett, Tim Keefe, Robin Roberts, Chipper Jones. Yeah. The 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 guys the two guys in front of him are Jimmy Fox and Adrian Beltre. Wow. On all time war, like. I, yeah, he's in my top five. There's no question about. It. I I don't have the answer. Is what I would say. I we would have to spend a lot more time for me to tell you who's four and who's five between these two guys. But I do think that these are the definitive top five all time mm-hmm. Baltimore athletes, yeah. and Carmelo Anthony is a top five. Yeah. All time Baltimore athlete. I would have no problem with saying that. Danny Wiseman still deserves a little bit more love on this list. So somehow, some way, we got to work on that. I think we've been very He's disparaging. He's number one bowler on the He's list. He's definitely the Along greatest. With Toots Barger. I don't know Toots Barger. Toots Barger is amazing. That's a woman. Okay. Who was the guy who did the uh, the the famous meme now that I I'm, I'm blanking on at the moment? Oh, but, uh, 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 oh God, what was that guy's name? Yeah, the, who, who do you think you are? I am. Yeah, who? <laughs> who do yes, you think you are. Oh, what is that guy's name? It's like Paul something. I no, could be it's not Paul. It's not Paul. It's Pete oh. Weber. Pete. Pete okay, Weber yeah, okay. I knew it started with a P. 
Uh, I love Danny Wiseman. And th- th- you and I were talking a little bit earlier about wh- Brian Jordan. Pete is- Weber's father yes. was one of the greatest bowlers Correct. of all time. Oh, Dick I did Weber. hear that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Dick yeah. Weber was um, remarkable. The other question would be, how do you measure Brian Jordan in this conversation? Because while he never in either sport accomplished, as a, he was a hell of a baseball player. He was a marginal football player. He was a hell of a baseball player. But how do you measure just the accomplishment? It's so, there's been, what, 10 guys all time that have done what Brian Jordan did. Are there even 10? Are there 10 players all time that have played in Major League Baseball in the NFL? I don't uh, even know if there are 10. No, there can't be. How many? How, this, I actually don't know. How many players all time played in both MLB and I mean, I, NFL? I could have only told you before this uh, two guys. No, it's, so. it's more than I thought it was. Really? Yeah. I mean, but again, we're going back a long time in order to do that. In the modern era, it's a very small very, yeah, It's a yeah. very small group of guys that we're talking about with uh, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, yes. Brian Jordan, and I feel like there was one other modern player to have accomplished it, but I can't think. Did Drew Henson ever make the major leagues? Drew the 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 quarterback that Drew was with Henson? the Cal- yeah Drew Henson did he ever make it to the bigs? I don't think so. Okay, DJ Drew, Drew Henson did make it to the he major did make leagues it to major for leagues? eight games. Okay, so <laughs> with the New York Yankees in uh, two thousand two and two thousand three, he accomplished that. So it's a very small in the modern era. It's a small. It's about. Uh, apparently, in the, since 1970, only seven players have. Someone get Tim that. Tebow signed. Someone, yeah, someone, I, th- I think that's over. Someone I do it for Tim Tebow. Happen. But to the point, like, how do you measure? That? How do you measure? Even though he never accomplished what some of these players accomplished in one sport, right? How do you measure being one of only seven people in an era to have accomplished something? You bring up the significance of winning a world heavyweight championship in boxing, which I don't want to disparage right. at all. Right? How but do you the weight of that? Yeah, I probably would have Brian Jordan ahead of Hasim uh, Rahman. I think yeah, I would because too. Because of that, it's just it's over. He's probably not in my top five. No, I agree. He was really significant in both sports. I, he was a really, really good, good baseball player. player. He was a very good I man. God, I was so depressed when the Orioles brought him in and did the tour of Camden Yards. We mentioned Yards Deion and, Sanders having played both. He yes, yeah. Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, Brian Jordan, the three most significant players of the modern era to have played both sports, and then a group of guys that had you know cup of coffee in both sports but those three separated themselves as being the three most significant multi-sport athletes of the era all right that's a good conversation i appreciate that our number one of today's program is in the books a reminder we're about to head to aberdeen and you can head to aberdeen if you go wander over to pressboxonline.com slash contests because we are giving away four tickets to each of the local minor league baseball teams plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around. You must be 18 or older in order to enter. The sweepstakes ends June 14th. Get to PressBoxOnline.com slash contests. Stan the Fan is here on a Friday edition of the program. It's time for us to make a trip to Aberdeen to chat with a member of the Ironbirds, and this just happens to be one of my favorite people uh, Gilman alum was part of that awesome Maryland team a year ago. You don't say that often. I, I, I don't. I, I had a really emotional conversation with this guy last year talking about mental health, and I never even told him about this, but after we, we did this over on the radio station, and we had two listeners that called in afterwards crying about how important his message was about mental health. That's how much I like this guy. He's Maxwell Costas, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Max, it's Glenn and Stan. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for me, man. Oh, it's, it's always a pleasure to be, 
to be, you know, asked to come give it a, an interview like this, man. Like, again, kind of like being a hometown kid, like whenever I do something like this, like I tell my parents, and then all of a sudden I'll get 40 text messages from friends being like, oh, Max, like what time is it? We're going to do it. That's awesome. And then man. I'm like, well, I bet. Well, I better make sure I don't say anything stupid because I know now somebody's going to clown me for the rest of the oh, month if I do. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, uh, before we get into it, how about did you get the chance to watch last night? How about uh, your boy Nick LaRusso, huh? Uh, y- y- you know, that whole team there is just something else. Like, I think Nick and, Nick and Matt and Luke were going were gonna to be doing this, like, whenever. It was only a matter of time, to be honest. So, like... Listen, man. Like I, I think this team could go very far down there. That was uh, if you guys missed it last night. In extra innings. Nick Larusso, a walk off home run in front of a rabid crowd because they play the Big Ten tournament in Omaha. So it's just all oh. Nebraska fans that are there, and they are loud and they are into it. And Nick Larusso with a walk off home run for Maryland to advance them to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. It was a fun late night of watching Didn't baseball last that. night. Yeah, it was really neat. Um, Max, you know, just the reality of this for you, you mentioned as a local kid, like experiencing it. I know how neat it was for you when you signed, but now having been a part of the system, having found some success in the system and seeing how it's resonating with Orioles fans, with fans from this area, what has this been like for you as a kid from here to been doing this for the first year of your pro career? I mean, uh, I'm going to be, it's just funny actually, because I'll, I just I was just talking to my uh, my dad about this a little while ago. I was like, you know, it's weird because like we I, I play with Jackson Holiday, the number one overall pick, right? And so when when we have home series, you'll get like you know all, like hundreds of fans like wanting him to sign autographs and stuff. And every time, like I said, every time we have a home series, it's the same thing for me because all of a sudden I see thirty people that I haven't seen in five years coming out to see me play. It's cool. And That's so me and him will just will just spend the same amount of time signing autographs. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's his, like, you his know, autographs it's, are already on eBay, though. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's it, it, it's awesome, man. Like I, it, it, it's it's kind of cool to see getting to see like all like my old coaches coming to see me play. Like I have old friends that I haven't seen like. In fact, tonight for the game, like there's like five kids that I graduated high school with that I haven't seen and and since since graduation that are coming to see me play tonight. It's awesome, man. That's so cool. That's so right, cool. Like, this, this, uh, like my mom, my mom is my mom is happy because you know I, I actually live closer to home right now than I do to the field. So like she, <laughs> like I get to see her. Like I I went and had dinner with her on Monday. Like you know like it's. Again, like I, I probably said this in the in the initial interview I did with you guys, but man, like this is like this is like a, a dream come true for me. Like I can't, I I don't think I could really ask for anything more in my life. That's awesome, man. That is really cool to hear you talk about it like that. Um, has anybody claimed your? So uh, of course tonight with the Ironbirds, it's Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond Night, which I I need my kids to not find out about because I can't make it tonight, and they would be very angry about me if they found out that was an option. Um, I know you guys are wearing special jerseys. Has anybody already said, I don't care what the number is, I'm bidding, I'm making sure I get your jersey for tonight's game? You know, you know, my, I told my friends that, and they said they were, they, they were going to fight me if I didn't give them my jersey. <laughs> so, 
you know, like I, 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 I assume that at some point, like I'm going to like, again, like the, the kids that are coming are some of the, like the closest friends I made in high school, man. So like, I mean, I hope I get to like, if, if I was going to give my jersey to anybody, I hope it would be them to be honest. He's Maxwell Costas. He's with us here on GCR. And again, Marvel Defenders of the Diamond Knight tonight, ironbirdsbaseball.com in order to get your tickets. Oh, we, sorry about that. Hey, hey Max, uh, what was your last year at Gilman? 2018. 2018. So you had a teammate that got drafted by, and I'm losing on his name, drafted by the Dodgers, a pitcher. Pete Hubeck. Yes. How's he doing so far? Do you have any idea? I'm From what I have seen and what I've talked to him, Pete is doing very well. And where would he be I right mean, now? Is I'm he pulling, like at I'm pulling that up. He's at A ball right now. Yeah. A ball. Yep. Okay. He's at A ball, and he was and boy, he was a really talented pitcher. There's no question about that. Um, Max, if I I could, what you're doing now as a player, I mentioned you got off to a great start down at Delmarva this season, and I, I wonder what kind of confidence that gave you. I, you're not, you know, you, it's funny you juxtapose with Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday is lose, dealing with maybe one of the biggest spotlights that ever could exist as a minor league baseball player. You are not quite in that same spotlight. What did that do for you to maybe show, yeah, I belong here too. Like, I'm, I should be here. How much did that do for you to get off to such a great start to the season? I mean, well, well first and foremost, I kind of, like, Kind of like I said before in the initial interview, my my relationships are the most like important things that I kind of have in my life, right? And I think it was just a matter of fact, like the the people who matter to me believe in me, mm. right? Like, and especially the fact that the people who matter to me wouldn't tell me, wouldn't lie to me, right? They wouldn't they wouldn't tell me they wouldn't tell me things just to pump my head up. They wouldn't tell me things just to make me feel better about myself. Right. So I think I, I really spent a lot of the off season just like, you know, honing in, honing in kind of on that fact. Right. Like the, the people who really matter to me, like none of like none of like the, you know, like prospect list, none of like the ESPN, like publications, the MLB, MILB publications, but the, the people who have been here with this throughout this journey with me getting to here have the utmost confidence in me. Right. And so to, to not have that kind of own, like that similar type of confidence in myself would kind of be like, you know, spinning in the face of that. Hmm. Hmm. Right. I, I, you know, it, 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 in, in some sense, right. Baseball doesn't really change. Right. They still got to throw the ball over the plate. You still got to catch the ball, throw the ball, three outs, three strikes. Right. So, Kinda in my mind, it, it's one of those things where it's like, bro, like I I know I can play this game, right? And I really try to like look at, okay, so what is it that like separates like the really good players from like the average players, right? And I try to like you know look at like the guys who have success in in this organization and you know in baseball in general, and kind of just mimic what they do, it's right? More- you know and in, in some in some senses, right? Like that's like let's let's be honest here. Like you know, everybody's good. You don't make the professional baseball not being good, right? You clearly have some amount of talent. You clearly have some amount of ability to be here, 
right? So it's now it's just like the small minor details that get you like ahead of other people. Max, how 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 much of a disappointment was it when you weren't drafted? Was that you know I have no way to measure that in terms of what a player goes through in Major League Baseball with that many rounds of drafting and not to have been chosen. Did did it create some self doubt in you, or did it work the opposite way? I would, if I'm being honest, I would say it was a little bit of both. That's a you very know, honest I, I answer. Think, yeah, it was a little bit of both, right? I mean, like, so the the thing the thing about it, right, is the draft was cut to twenty has been cut to twenty rounds now instead of forty. Right. Right, and so in, and so now you do see a lot of like really good players not getting picked up now, right? And so I think in, in some at first, like it, it did cause a little bit of you know self doubt in me. I, I admit it, right? But it, I've always been the type of person that like I, I like doing, you know, like I, I don't like just sitting around and like you know trying to like you know like. I guess I would say like compartmentalize things and all that stuff. Like if I'm, if I'm feeling some type of way about something, like I go and do something about it. Right. And then like to, to, the fact that I got a chance, that I got a chance to play, I said, okay, I'm just going to run with it then. No, right. Cool. So it's like, I, I think, you know, and it, once I got the chance to play like that, that self doubt turned into like, you know, intrinsic motivation in a way. When I look at what you've been doing since you got here, what jumps off the page at me is the on-base percentage. I, I don't – how much of that is just, hey, guys aren't throwing me pitches because they know I could park at 400 feet. So how much of it maybe was a dedication to this is how I can show that I can separate myself. Everybody knows I've got you know a big swing. Everybody knows I've got that. I can prove that my path to here's how I'm going to be a major leaguer is – I'm going to be patient. I'm going to work counts. You know, you know, I'm, this is funny, right? Right before I called you guys, my, my dad brought me this, uh, these special pair of cleats that I had made because we're playing, it's Marvel night. And like, I had a pair of like superhero cleats, like customized. That's awesome. By a, <laughs> I'm so it's, it's a kid, there's a kid named Julian Arrington who, who, who does like artwork and stuff like that. And back when I was at Merlin, like I asked him to make a pair of cleats for me that were inspired by Spider-Man. So I'm wearing those for the That's game. That's so tonight. cool. So and cool. You, you, so, but like my, my dad, right. He, when me and my brother were, my brother is the same way, right? My brother, if you go look at his on base percentage, it would probably look crazy to you. And I'm going to be real. It was because when we were growing up, my dad was standing like, like 15, 20 feet away from us with tennis balls and just throw them as hard as you can at us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be real with you. Right. And me and my brother, me and my brother used to do like the take wiffle balls they take wiffle balls that move that will move 40 inches if you throw it the right way and we do the same thing to each other right and and, and so one of the things that I, I you know i used to do in college all because one of the things i there's a guy named cory muscara who, who was who was a pitching coach who used to be the pitching coach at Merlin. and one of the things he told me was that you know you should try to find a way to make your greatest weakness your greatest strength yep Right, and so when I first got to college, like I really, really struggled with plate discipline. Mm-hmm. Right, and so like my sophomore year, like 
going into my sophomore year, like I used to spend, like I would go in, in after practice, right, and set up like a pitching machine and just work on seeing pitches, like different pitches, different spins, like for an hour after every practice. Just work, like just working on being able to recognize pitches, recognize pitches. Can I, you know, like, when they, when when a slider starts at this spot, it's gonna be it's gonna be a ball. When a changeup starts here, it's gonna be a ball. Like you know, and like and now like when I do batting practice now, I'm gonna be real with you. If you guys came and saw me do batting practice before the game, I would probably look terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you. I would look terrible, right? And, but it's because right, my batting practice, I only do simulated at bats for batting practice. So you're not just up there trying to pummel the ball when you're up when you're doing. I'm not practice. like I like I'll take like the like we'll do three or four rounds. Like the first round, I'll do fast like all fastballs just to get my timing down, and then everything after that, I tell our BP throwers try to strike me out. Hmm. Hmm. I it's paying off. I mean, it seems like it's been a a smart practice that maybe some other guys should consider adopting moving forward because it is right and. and and, and even more so, I think it's the fact of, like, you know, like, it's one of those things where, like, I, I can admit that, like, I've always struggled, like, trying to find, like, a like a, a set of, like, consistent mechanics for myself, right? And, and again, like, it, it, that just happens. It's baseball, right? But I've always told myself, like, man, if I can just swing at the right pitches and take the right pitches, that's, like, 75% of the battle right there. Hey. Like, if you... Like if you just swing at the right pitches, you have you like you could have the greatest swing ever. But if you're not swinging at the right pitches and taking the right pitches, you have no chance. Nope. Hey, hey Max, a couple of weeks ago we had Creed Williams on, who had played with Jackson Holiday at Del Marva for a few weeks mm-hmm. before Del, before Jackson was promoted to play at Aberdeen. Uh, I've got to ask you the same question I asked him. What what is what is so special? I haven't seen him live yet. I'm trying to go Sunday. What is so special about Jackson Holiday? The numbers are eye popping, but what is really remarkable to you about him? Can I can I answer that question with a question to ask you first? Yeah. Do you know how old he is? <laughs> <laughs> He's nineteen, I think. Nice, nineteen years old. Yeah. If you caught, if you came and saw him play, you would think he was twenty five. Right. It's like he's and a like, he's a man playing with boys almost. And not and not even in that regard, but yeah. more so like the way he goes about the game is so incredibly mature. Like he'll he'll get out, he'll have a bad at bat. You'll never see him come in like slam his stuff, right? Like he takes the he is the most consistent. He does the same thing every every day for his pregame routine. Like has consistent at bats. Like he does he doesn't chase out of the zone very often. Like he's just a very just like like calm and chill person. He's really talented. He's also to my locker. Mate. He's also my locker mate too. He's awesome. So that's like, cool. Man, that's cool. Like he's just he's he's so just like. That's, and that's kind of what I mean. Like, you would think he's 25, the way he goes about playing baseball. Uh, the sky is the limit. There's no question about that. Uh, Max, before we let you go, and I apologize, i got to keep this short because it's very important. No, you good, man. You have been so open about your own struggles when it comes to mental health. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. 
I just wondering if you could share a, a shortened version of the message um, about why it's so important, particularly, I think we would all agree, for men to consider mental health and understand that mental health is health. I mean, I'll, I'll say it like this, son. Like, I, I think that, you know, there's, there's some messages and beliefs in society that men are supposed to be like these, like, just stoic, like, unfeeling people. Right? And, and the thing I would always say to that is, like, I would say it's, it's, it's a lot harder it's a lot you know more representative how strong you are to be able to sit down and talk about your feelings right i I think when i look back on my life like there's a lot of times that i was doing like 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 on paper like i was doing incredibly well but i was miserable right i I, there there's every person is kind of like has different aspects of their life right you have your for me it's like baseball social life and then i'm thinking about going back and getting my master's degree at some point right so academics too right and i think right you know that if one of those aspects is is wrong in your life it kind of finds a way to affect every other aspect of your life right and to be sit here and and try to like hold that in and try to like you know just kind of like just you know fight your way through it by yourself it's only going to lead to more pain Right. It, 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 it's a, like I always say that it's such a simple statement, but it's okay not to be okay. Right. It, it, the, 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 the faster you try to address a problem is the faster that problem gets solved. Right. If you're not, if you're not feeling okay, like if you're like waking up in the morning and just feeling sad, that's not normal. Right. That's not normal. Right. So, bro, go get help. Right. And if anybody, if you have anybody in your life that would tell you that, you know, like you're, there's something wrong with you going to get help, like it, it's weird or it's soft, like that's just a person that doesn't need to be in your life. Hmm. Hmm. Well said, Max. Well said. Um, Marvel's Defenders of the Diamond Night tonight, post game fireworks, first responders night, and a pregame catch on the field. I tomorrow. cannot wait for the fireworks. I haven't seen fireworks in so long. That's man. awesome. It's awesome. It's going to be a fun night tonight to be in Aberdeen. I'm going to be, I'm going to be sitting in the crowd with the fans. That's awesome. I love that. I don't care. I love it. Ironbirdsbaseball.com to get your tickets. Maxwell Costas, it's always great to catch up with you, man. Continued success to you. Look forward to doing it again real soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thank God. you. Thank you. Maxwell Costas, uh, Gilman of Maryland alum with us here on GCR, uh, as he is, um, you know, showing some things, showing that, that he deserves to be playing. We don't have to take a break here. We can go ahead and just move right along, Zach. Yes. Should I make the call? Yeah, you can go ahead. And okay. Do that. Perfect, Absolutely. Perfect. You can go ahead and do that. Um, but no, he's showing that there is some real talent there. That's not, it's, it is a neat local story and a, a fun thing, but that there is a little bit more than just a neat local story when it comes to Maxwell Costas. And, He's got a real chance to continue to project and do some things. Stan the Fan is here for a Friday edition of GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by the new print issue of Pressbox. I say new. It's not really new anymore. In fact, I would say there's only about a few more weeks left for this print issue about of Pressbox. Yep. Illustration of Jackson Holiday, who we're just talking about there on the cover. It's the pipeline primer issue. It's the issue that dives into the talent that is very much still in the Orioles system, despite the fact that Gunnar Henderson's here and Adley Rutschman's here, and Grayson Rodriguez is here. There's still a lot more coming. Go pick it up for free today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox or read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. 
Speaking of uh, local stories, we already know there's at least a local connection in the NBA Finals because the head coach of the Denver Nuggets is former Loyola standout Michael Malone. Let's talk a little bit more about how the Nuggets have done this. Joining us now here on GCR, he is the color analyst for the Denver Nuggets, former NBA center. Scott Hastings with us on the program. Scott, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Fellas, how are you all doing? Have you guys had summer there yet? Uh, you know what? It is, in fact, it's actually the pleasant version right now. It's, yeah, it's on the way next week. It's yeah. supposed to be in the 90s. Yeah, this we could deal with this weather. This feels more like San Diego right now, which yeah. we can we can live with here in Baltimore. Not so bad. I imagine it's not quite as good as it is being in Denver at the moment, however, Scott. Um, well, you know what? It, it's still springy weather here, but yeah, we have uh, we have a few things we're still busy at, which is kind of, <laughs> kind of new. Yeah, you're willing to be inside a little bit longer right now. I can yeah. understand that, um, Scott. I, I want to get to the team, but I just if I could start because I, you know, I, I do. I am a play-by-play guy over at Loyola. This story, I, I don't think here has resonated quite the same way of how Michael Malone has has become this guy. And I, I think some people might say, hey, look, he's got Jokic and Murray. You know, a lot of guys could succeed in those circumstances. But could you define the importance of Michael Malone in establishing what the Nuggets have become and making this run now to the NBA Finals? Well, I've always felt that that some coaches get too much credit with, with teams um, and, and how they become, right? Like... You know, Steve Kerr, a wonderful man, good coach, but listen, he kind of he kind of went in there and got to inherit those guys. He he changed the program, things around, did a great job. But you know, you already had stars. The cool thing here in Denver, and a little bit like Phil Jackson in in Chicago back in the day, you know, you these are guys you kind of drafted and you had to develop, and and you've been around and. You know, Michael Malone's first year in the league was Joker's rookie year. You know, not not imagined, you know, what it was going to become second-round draft pick from Serbia. In fact, I, I don't know if you guys saw the tweet yesterday or I think it was on Twitter. George Carr uh, handed out his uh, what, what the uh, evaluation of him was from Serbia. And you're like, dude, this how this guy get drafted? Uh, so Malone was here at the beginning. He was here at the beginning with Nicola. He's here at the beginning with Jamal. He's here, been here at the beginning with uh, Michael Porter Jr. And it, it just feels different, you know. This, you know, he's he's helped in the development of these guys. He's helped in the mindset of these guys. And you know, there's been times when you know there's wanted to be some pushback from players, I think, just like you have in families where you have disagreements. But but for the most part, this core um, has all been drafted and and been around, and Malone's been around the whole time they've been around. So that's, you know, kind of unique in pro sports a little bit, and I, I think that's one of the reasons that the chemistry on this team seems to be so good. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be working for sure. Um, I, I, what is it about him? What What is he as a head coach? Is he a a button pusher? Is he a – you bring up Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr has been given so much credit for letting them do their thing. What What kind of head coach is Michael Malone? Well, I, I played 
He's an angry Irishman. I, I could <laughs> say initially, uh, I, I played for his dad in Detroit and, and actually got to know Michael when he was little. Um, in fact, he, he tells a story that one time we we're at this little sports t- bar in Detroit and he comes up and he's back from, I guess, Loyola, right? And, comes back and, and we're sitting there talking da, da, da. next thing I know I buy him a beer and we're talking and, and he told me the story when he when he initially got the job he goes you know Scott I was only 19 and I go dude what were you doing in the bar so anyway <laughs> uh, no he, he listen he and I say that Irish thing but but listen because he talks about it, he I mean he, hey he's competitive he's not afraid to get fiery I think he has had to mellow uh, over the years, because okay. I think his nature is that you don't give an inch ever. Um, and I think that's also kind of, you know, you, you want players, no one talks enough about this. You want players to grow and mature as they get more and more years in the league and the league slows down. I, I think it's the same thing for coaches. You know, everybody who gets into coaching has a mindset of, you know, here's what I want to do. I I remember watching the Ariama uh, genome film one time. I was coaching high school basketball, and, and he's showing all this thing. And, man, I'm sitting on my thing watching the VHS, see if anybody remembers those things. I'm sitting there watching the tape, and I'm blah, 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 and I'm writing these things down. I'm keeping all the notes. And then at the end, he goes, of course, if you don't have an All-American in this position, All-American in this position, All-American in this, you're probably going to struggle. And I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> might not might not work as easy. And I think all coaches have that, that mindset initially when you go in, I'm gonna be able to do da 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 da. Well, you you have duh player, you don't have da da player, right? And so you gotta find a way to develop it. You gotta find a way and again I say I don't think enough people talk about this. You gotta find a way to develop yourself along with your team. And I, I think Michael has been really good at that. Scott, I got to ask you a question about the center uh, Joker. Uh, you've got a unique perspective, having played from the '80s into the '90s, and yet being old enough to have seen Jabbar, probably Wilt, Nate Thurman, and all you know all the great early centers, and you know about everybody that's come since. Where is Joker on the all-time list uh, of centers to you? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Because um, I've got a friend, I've got a good friend of mine, Scott, who's a real basketball expert. Says he's the greatest big man uh, he's ever seen. He, he's. I, I'll, I'll I'll give him a feather, and I'm trying trying to be humble. Yeah. Uh, I grew up as a, as a in the era of Chamberlain, Reed, and and Al Sindor slash Jabbar. I yep. remember him playing when he was Lou Al Sindor. Um, and I've got to play against Jabbar in the NBA. Willis Reed was my assistant coach uh, one year in Atlanta, uh, and I shook hands with Will Chamberlain in, in the locker room when I was playing with Miami, um, which was for me as a you know as a young kid out you know I, my idols to be honest yep, with you. Yeah. Um, they established what being big men were. Moses Malone, I played with Moses yep. Malone or against Moses. Um, Joker, golly, I don't ever – because I think Chamberlain and Jabbar are two of the greatest players that's ever played. Mm-hmm. I really do. Joker, 
is the most skilled big man that has ever stepped foot on an NBA uh, floor that seems to have a vertical of about 22 inches. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, go back and, and here I'll bring out some more history. Remember Jeff Ruland? Jeff Ruland sure. led the NBA in, uh, in rebounding one year, and somebody asked him, why are you such a good rebounder? You can't jump. He goes, 90% of the rebounds are below the rim, and they still are. Um, the game is still below the rim. It's just that ESPN tends to want to show all the highlights that, that happen above because they're so unique and crazy. Um, but he can shoot at the three. You know, he can he can score at the rim. He can score mid-range. He can score at the three, three-level score. Uh, he's got one of the greatest hands, and, and don't even put the word big man in front of it. He's got some of the greatest hands I've ever seen, period. Um, and he's a student of the game. Somebody who taught him how to play, um, I mean, really taught him how to play. I, I mean, just the fundamentals, ball handling, passing, the knowledge, where place people are supposed to be on the floor, how to create spacing, so on and so forth. And, and, and I say to you guys, which I appreciate too, getting older, uh, that he's got a little historian of the game in him in a sense, right? I remember – uh, and I played with Dominic Wilkins in Atlanta, and I remember one time he's walking on the floor, and I sit there talking to Nick, and I go, "Hey, uh, Joker, Joker." He looks at me, kind of, you know, because he get he's in his he's in his pregame thing, kind of looks at me, kind of grumpy. I go, "Come here, I want you to meet a friend," and he sees this Dominic Wilkins. <laughs> you would have thought it was a a a nine year old little boy mm-hmm, with wow. his face planted up against the candy the candy store, right? Cool. Mm. I mean, his eyes got up big and he can And so, I, I, man, I don't know. Listen, I've, I've called every game that he's – or worked every game anyway that he's uh, he's played in as a Denver Nugget so far. Uh, he's he's unique. Um, he, he says stuff like, I don't care about the MVP. And, and guys, I'm telling you, he doesn't. Right. He cares about winning. It's the only thing he does. And it's, it's what we all kind of grew up on in the sense of – you know, you know, win first and you get taken care of. And I and I've I've subscribed to that to the fault in my career because, as you guys know, it sometimes it's the squeaky wheel that gets more <laughs> grease. <laughs> um, and Nikola doesn't care about being the squeaky wheel. Joel and Beep got to be the squeaky wheel this year, and it finally worked for him. Yeah, but yeah. Joker doesn't. He, he doesn't care about that. He, I, I'm, and I wish. I wish all the country could see that. I wish there wasn't such a divide that, that the four letter network put together as far as, you know, who's the MVP and why, and then, and, and you know, Perkins throwing out the noise and all the different stuff. Cause he's, he's a humble dude who just likes to play basketball and win. And if you don't like that about him and he doesn't throw tomahawk dunks all the time, if you don't like that vibe, then, then that's cool. But, fellas, he's averaging a triple-double through the playoffs, and, and I think it's I guess his uh, uh, point production went down. I think it's down to 29.8. Oh, how are you going to uh, live with that? Like, yeah, it, yeah 14, not, and, 14 and 13. Yeah, a 30-point-per-game 30, 30 triple-double average in the play. It's just not acceptable. There's no way you guys can survive with that. Scott, yeah. Scott is it a, a good thing that Denver's getting this much – downtime 
or will that be a negative when they got to re-gear up for, for whomever they're going to play? Well, it's going to be 10 days from that, that four-game sweep, and, and a lot of us remember the 07 Rockies that, that won the National League and had to wait nine days to play the Red Sox and then just got Didn't go well. swept and swept in that one. Although, there, I mean, there's a couple one-run games in Boston, but they still got swept. Um, you know, I worry about that. I think basketball is a little different because you can always get in the gym and shoot. Yep. You know, you, you can't always go against a 67-mile-per-hour curveball, you know, or an 84-mile-per-hour, you know, slider um, in preparation. Um, they're going to have to do a lot of stuff. The good thing is even if Boston keeps winning and say they force a game seven, and that's going to be Monday, and you're still going to have three days. They're, they're still going to have three or four days. Before they got to play, also uh, if it's Miami, that's you got two or three days to now cheer, be happy you won the East, and then and then travel to uh, Denver. If it's if it's Boston's able to come back and win seven games, you know Denver will probably head out there to thirtieth or thirty first, have two or three days in Boston, and there's nothing like, fellas, there's nothing like getting you into into ready to play mode. And being into a fiery environment in, uh, in whatever city it is that don't like you and don't want you to win. Sure. There's no doubt about it. Well, the way the Nuggets are playing, if they can continue to bottle that up with both Jokic and Murray, who's been just unbelievable in this postseason, um, I, I think it's going to be hard for either of these teams to beat them. Scott Hastings, it's at BallHog44 on Twitter is how you follow him. Do we have time for one sure. quickie? quickie. Scott, I, I've got to ask you this. My buddy that I watch basketball with is – like in his eighties and he, he always, and he knows the altitude out there in Denver, Mm -hmm. the combination of the altitude advantage that the nuggets have and the home team getting about 65% of the calls. That's it. That must be the most unbelievable home court advantage in the history of basketball. Well, uh, I, I've seen a team here in Denver only with 17 games. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think you, I think you better put a little uh, uh, talent on the team as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, it, 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 you know when it's the most effective in the regular season. Okay. When you're playing in you know Portland on Tuesday and you've got to be in Denver on Wednesday for seven o'clock, or you're coming from Boston, you know, and say you play, you know, whatever Chicago on the way over. Maybe then, it, and then all of a sudden you've gone from sea level, sea level, sea level to to five thousand eight hundred and whatever it is, fifty feet. Yep. Um, twenty feet is five thousand five thousand two hundred eighty. The wife had to correct me. Thank you. <laughs> five thousand two hundred eighty feet. Um, and I think it gets on people. I remember as a player, it used to get on me. I always was excited to play in Denver because I knew all the regulars were going to get tired. And that means I was going to get two or three minutes until it sucked my lungs out of my chest and, <laughs> and, and you moved on. But once you get, I think, listen, first of all, all these guys in the NBA right now, are probably the greatest condition they're going to be in. Right. Yep. Um, and you get two or three days and you get a day and you get more time to acclimate. And I don't think it's as, 
as big as a, of a thing in the regular in the postseason as it is in the regular season, which where I think it is an advantage. Okay, fair enough. Scott Hastings really enjoyed this conversation. Congratulations! I know it's got to be a lot of fun. Uh, enjoy it because the ride continues. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. All right. Bye, fellas. Take care. Thanks, Scott. Scott Hastings out in Denver. We got to squeeze a break in here. When we come back in, we'll make a trip to Delmarva. Talk to Jared Beck next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles, diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson, and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Back in here on GCR as we who can. Was, who was that guy? That's uh, Paul Valley from the Bat Around with Paul Zach Goodman Valley. every Saturday Jeez, morning right here. That is Paul Valley. Online.com slash radio. Noted grinder user, Paul Valley. I got to give him some new. I, I really do love that one. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. It's a classic. And he handled it. He did, he so did I, I wrote these. We'll pull the curtain back. I wrote these for him and was not here with him. I left them for him to record on a Saturday morning. And I got to give credit because Paul's not a voice actor. Yeah. But he handled it exactly. Oh, yeah, they're excellent. Nailed they're it. really good. Nailed exactly what I was looking for. So I give Paul a great deal of credit for that. And i got to write a few more here in the coming weeks for him. Has too, Griffin right? gotten the right to record anything yet? Um, I would give him a shot. Yeah. I think we attempted to have him do a spot. And it was, you know, look, you got to get... I, it's it is a learned you know this from being radio for years. Yep. There is a recorded commercial that plays on the bat around. Is there Griffin on it? Uh, he yes. does the intro for the uh, the promo that we do for GCR. Oh, is that it? what yeah, it is? I think okay. that's what he does. Okay. He does the intro intro yeah. for that. We had some fun. With he it. goes, "Hi, I'm Griffin Bass." Yeah, it's it's a little <laughs> bit more difficult when you're doing a commercial, and then it has to be something that like somebody's going to hear, and you got to send back to right, the client, right, right. and the client's got to be happy with it. So. 
Um, you got to be trusting on that. But yeah, no, 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 Paul did a great job with that. Um, you'll be on with the boys tomorrow morning, Stan, of course, on the bat around. will be, yes, I will. And you had another cup, a good week of shows this week. Yeah, we had uh, Rocco DeSangro last night, yep. who is the Fox number 45. two guy on Fox 45, and a really passionate young man. I believe I saw he's doing a podcast with Ryan Ripkin, if I remember correctly. Did not, believe, did not know they're working together yeah. on that. All right, he didn't mention that. So I didn't know to ask. I, maybe, maybe that was a one-time thing. Maybe yeah, I, I overread. Yeah, it might be. Right. But uh, he's he's good. Good addition. Brings a lot of energy to things. Cool. He's a Steelers fan. I don't know how I feel about yeah. that. I don't care for that whatsoever. Yeah. I have a feeling he's going to change over his time here in Baltimore. Um, that was last night, early in the week, of course. You guys, you you did the, the new Monday show, but you did it with a special guest this week. Yeah, we had Andy Dolich on this past Monday who's written a book. I mean, you can't talk about <clears throat> the timing for a book any better than this. They, he and Dave Newhouse wrote this book called Goodbye, Oakland. Mm-hmm. I don't think they thought that it was going to happen this quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commissioner actually is talking about MLB owners ratifying that this move summer, yeah. in June. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. I, I'm shocked. But at I still how don't. Fast I still don't know what. Down. And I don't know how much you guys talked about. Like, would they just play in the minor league stadium? Would they go ahead and make the move happen quickly? I think they they want to make this move happen quickly, and they would probably play in the minor. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, it's. I'm astounded that the commissioner of baseball has. There's never been a commissioner in any sport that has been this. In sort of involved mm-hmm. and allowed the team to, in other words, they're taking no chances. They let them gut a major league baseball team right. that really affects competitive balance. Yep, and it's just no, it's awful. the worst team in the history of baseball. Yeah, it's they, they it's absurd really, how bad they are. Might have been a worse team during the war. Or May, yeah, maybe like right. But Jesus whiz, that's a that's a god awful team. Uh, you can find those shows right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab. Go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. No show on Monday for, no show because on of the holiday. Monday and don't have a guest yet for next Thursday because I have an invite out and I'm trying to Yeah, be give patient. them some time. I get yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Very good. Appreciate that. Let's make a trip to Delmarva now to chat with a member of the Shorebirds. This guy has got a, a very fun story, in part because he's really tall. He's trying to become the first ever seven-foot Major League Baseball player, but his background is really neat, too. He is pitcher Jared Beck, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Jared, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Great uh, great to be here. Uh, Jared, I, I, I guess what somebody would jump out and say, boy, you know, the numbers don't look so great this season, but the numbers don't always tell the story. I want to know how you're feeling about the progress that you're making and what it is that you're working on, because I know that sometimes, especially in the minor leagues, numbers can be deceptive because you're actually working on something and you're living with maybe if I give up a home run, it's not the end of the world. The more important part is that I'm working on something. Yeah, absolutely. It's more of a more of a process at this point, especially it's first year. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, kind of getting uh, getting into the swing of things, kind of working on what I'm trying to work on right now. There's there's plenty of stuff that uh, that we're uh, working on and stuff. But yeah, I mean, a couple of bad outings here and there uh, can really make the numbers. Uh, yeah, not not the best, but we're uh, working every day. A lot of positive stuff going on right now. Kind of velo's ticking up right now. It's kind of a good spot. Uh, for that to do that, and then you know, just working on mechanics, and uh, 
kind of working on an extra pitch too. Can, can, okay, so why I want to know about that extra pitch, but I first want to know about the velo because you're seven foot tall, and I'm imagining that means that you have to be capable of throwing the ball 112 miles an hour or something like that. When you say <laughs> it's it's ticking up, what is it ticking up towards? Uh, so I mean, uh, last week uh, it was uh, my average velo was up uh, compared to like it's been uh, kind of going up uh, slightly, just like point three or whatever you know every every week or so every uh outing but uh last week i was up like two miles per hour which is actually a pretty big jump in in you know velocity so and actually top 96 and it was my uh top i've ever thrown so i mean i'm feeling real good with uh all the adjustments that i've been kind of making uh through spring training and like uh taking it to the games uh starting to feel really good you you make the mention of you know you're working on mechanics uh, I've been around, never pitched in a, in a big league game or a minor league game. My, uh, cult league was about <laughs> as long as I went, but, but I know enough about pitching and the body that the mechanics of a seven foot pitcher got to be drastically harder to repeat delivery than for somebody that's six feet tall. Can you talk about the difficulty somebody your size has in repeating delivery. Yeah, I mean, uh, my levers are, you know, way longer than uh, the average person, but it's just about, yeah, kind of just staying within my body, not getting too long, not getting too, like, you know, wide. Or, you know, it's about moving quick, kind of compact, like, you know, it's almost like moving like a little guy in a big man's body. So, and then uh, just uh, the arm kind of takes care of itself once I start kind of like, you know, staying back, using my legs, you know, getting in that glute, so feeling really good what's the what is the the hardest you've ever you know taken away from you know what you're doing right now and trying to throw pitches and get guys out just when you've been messing around what's the hardest you've ever thrown a baseball jared uh i'm not gonna lie it was 96 last week that's uh, it okay that's the highest I'm, you've ever yeah been. yeah so yeah it's been my top so it's been it's been uh it's pretty good week uh last week i was pretty happy about but uh yeah, I mean, I'll be usually sitting like, you know, like 90-92, so it's nice to see uh, like the, the work starting to pay off. Can I just follow up real quick on that, Jared? Do, do the folks that are working with you think there's m- more in the well that they can bring out of you to help help you bring out of yourself? Absolutely. I think so, too. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I imagine that that's what it is that you're working on right now. And clearly, um, there's an excitement about what it is that you could be doing. Jared Beck is with us from the Delmarva Shorebirds. Um, Jared, for people that don't know your background, right, um, you, this time that you spent with the Savannah Bananas, you know they've become a cultural phenomenon, right? There's books now and ESPN's airing all the games and that whole thing. Yep. Can you explain to people like what that time was like for you because I think a lot of people would say, well, it's, that's silly. How could it possibly help a baseball player who's trying to reach the major leagues? But I remember you saying, like, you felt it had a real benefit for you in, in your path. Yeah. Uh, still people to this day are like, no way, like, you did that and all that. And I'm like, honestly, it was probably, I'm going to look back on this 20 years from now, 30 years from now, and be like, that was the, one of the best experiences of baseball I've ever had in my life. It was the coolest thing ever. And, uh, yeah, kind of like uh, – kind of like changed my mentality about uh pitching and how to how to get things done and you know we talked about uh like our motto on the team was flip the switch so it was like we're doing all this entertainment and fun stuff for the fans uh you know getting uh getting a big following and we'll flip that switch on the mound 
and we'll go out and uh, and do our thing. And I think just kind of that mentality shift uh, in my in my uh, you know in my pitching style kind of helped a lot, quite a bit. Do you ever find yourself like in the middle of a game when you're not pitching, thinking like we could do some more entertainment here at Purdue Stadium? Like we could. <laughs> you ever find yourself in the middle like this is kind of boring right now? We I feel like we could be doing a little bit more. <laughs> Uh yeah, we we got some good ideas in the dugout. Yeah, with the, with the guys <laughs> on standby sometimes. So yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some more. You don't you guys there. you guys don't have a Homer hose down in Delmarva, do you? No, we do not. Uh, we we got to get something going. We got to get something going for some home run celebrations. Getting back to your mechanics for for a second, Jared. When when yep. you think about your long term career. And think about what's involved with the repeat of of delivery, which is so important for a pitcher. Do you think you're a starting pitcher only, or do you see that maybe that the repeat of delivery in one inning of dominance could be the thing for you? How do you see yourself? I've been kind of thinking about that lately. Honestly, I could see, I could honestly see myself doing both. I know. You know, everyone wants to be a starter. You know, all the all the you know the big guy throws all the innings, all that. But yeah, I mean, I think I could uh, get the job done in kind of any role that that they'd want from me. So I'm thinking either like a long relief or you know like starter role, yeah, one inning guy. Like I'd I'd like to do any of it as any way can, possible. As you continue to harness that power, you know, like that 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 comes really really dangerous in the idea of that being the role. Uh, Jared, I'm fascinated by it. So there's two sports that I've, I've known, especially in the Orioles system in recent years. Guys obviously like to go out and play golf on Mondays. But the other thing I know is that a lot of the prospects in the Orioles system have been very competitive on the basketball court in recent years. I'm wondering if they even bothered to invite you out to play basketball or if they try to make sure that you don't find out that there's a basketball outing happening because you would maybe ruin the day for everybody else. What what is that like? Yeah, no, we I haven't heard about any basketball uh, yeah. basketball games yet, so so they must not be telling me. But no, I'd love to. Uh, I don't think yeah, we haven't gotten out yet, but yeah, they definitely we talk about it uh, sometimes in the locker room about you know what it'd be like to play against me. Uh, so I I don't I don't think people would have a lot of luck. I don't think that would work out well <laughs> for them. Why was it baseball for you, Jared? Like, I, I think that a lot of, you know, it's not like we haven't seen successful tall, I mean, people bring up Randy Johnson, and it's not like there haven't been successful tall players in baseball, but as I'm sure you dealt with, typically at a certain size, people would encourage you to play other sports. Why was it baseball for you that you were so focused on? I think ever since a kid, uh, it just, it was the sport in my life that I loved. Like, I loved basketball. You know, but it just felt there's a there was a different love for this game, so I think I had to choose it that way. It's just something I like to go out and do, like go out on a night and play some baseball. It's just nothing greater than that. Gotta ask you, I got two quick questions for you. Number one, Glenn mentioned uh, Randy Johnson. You know, y- unique pitchers sometimes turn to get some mentorship from unique pitchers. I remember knuckleball pitchers helping knuckleball pitchers. It seems like yeah. talking to tall to somebody tall, real tall like you are, would be a big help. Have you ever thought of that 
trying to reach out to a Randy Johnson or someone that, you know, 6'9", that might be able to help you? I've never thought about that, but if uh, you could hook me up with that, that'd be really cool. <laughs> we well, might be able to get in touch with Mark Hendrickson. Awesome. I don't know if Mark, I've got Mark a... Mark Hendrickson yeah. was the other guy I was thinking <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I've got a Randy Johnson with now? He was with, I, he was with the Orioles for yep. a while as a an instructor yep. and tried to make it. The other thing is, the, the you know, knowing what I do know about pitching, I know that when we listen to Oriole games, watch Oriole games with Ben McDonald who was 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, talk about the wingspan and how much closer you are to the batter when you when you make your delivery. Have you ever sensed how much of that advantage? Do you periodically go, man, that is really my ace in the hole that, that I'm on top of them hmm. before they can react to me? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was telling you guys like earlier in the year, I was sitting like, you know, 80, like touching 89, hitting hitting some 92s here and there, kind of in that range. So, yeah, like when you're throwing that, like, you know, people people are hitting 100 in, in the pros now. Yeah. So when you're uh, when you're throwing that and you're still getting it by them, there's, there's definitely that, you know, that extra factor. Yeah, the extension is pretty crazy. And then I'm also throwing – Put above every batter's head. So yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy thing to think about, and it's you know it's just like what I have, what I've been pitching with all my life. So you know it's kind of second nature to me at this point. But it is really cool to think about. Yep, it is a big weekend for folks heading to the beach. Obviously, if you're headed to the beach, it would be a good weekend to stop in in Delmarva, maybe on the way or go out of the way to go see Delmarva while you're down there this weekend. Tonight, much like we were talking about in Aberdeen, Marvel Defenders of the Diamond Knight with the special fun jerseys and character appearance from Captain America. Fireworks tomorrow night, Sunday, kids run the bases with the Delmarva Shorebirds this weekend as you're headed down to the beach. Jared, are you on Twitter or Instagram anywhere that Orioles fans can be giving you a follow? Uh, yeah, Instagram, JaredBeck45. JaredBeck45, give him a follow there. Jared, appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Uh, best of luck to you as the season goes on. Looking forward to chatting again down the road. Thank you for Thank doing you. this. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate oh. it. All right, thanks. Jared Beck with us here on GCR. Interesting, interesting guy. He, you know, like that's that's really fascinating that he when you ask him what's the hardest you've ever done, he goes like two, three nights ago. I was I really, I was expecting him to see something right. crazy that like yeah. one day we were just screwing around and yeah, just seeing and a hundred miles right. Around. Go ahead. So many guys open it up at the you know facility they work out at or, or whatever it sure. is. So it's shocking to actually hear that he hit it mid-season because that's yeah, that's a good point. Doesn't right? seem like that happens a lot for a lot of guys. Yeah, then maybe at some point in December you're just right. like, Let me let me let me just go see. Let me just go really let loose and see what. Yeah, I, I mean, do. I mean, my experience is I've been to a lot of uh, different events where you know put on. For those who don't know, Zach is is in the scouting world. Yes, yeah. uh, but. I've been to events where kids are throwing 94, and then I see them in the spring, and they're 89, 90. So it just it, it depends really what time of year it is. So to me, again, shocking that he's hitting 96 right now. But that's awesome, and it's probably speaking to what the you know different tweaks the Orioles have made right. to him, and what they'll continue to do, especially as he starts to work more with Chris Holt. I think Chris Holt can do magic for some of these guys. Yeah, to your point, Stan, you would like to think that if he's hitting 96 now, there is a right. To yeah. me, if he's hitting 96 now and he's upticked a couple miles an mm-hmm. hour, I would say given the proper, fully proper proper buy-in of the mechanics, 
his ability to repeat delivery, he could probably get to 98 or 99, sure. I would think. I, I couldn't find where Hendrickson was. I, like the, yeah. I, He was with Aberdeen. I remember him being yeah. with Aberdeen yeah. for a little while, but I Buck have not. I was intrigued by yeah. him you know, being as tall as he was. Not sure yeah. where he you is You know, it would be point. really interesting, and I'm thinking but about. Is, he's one of, are there any other guys that did MLB and NBA? Uh, yes, Dave DeBusher. Oh, right, yeah, and, yeah, that's a great And point. another yeah. guy named uh, Ron Reed. And Gene Connolly did it. I'm trying and to think so of, if, if there's been anything else in the modern and era. Chuck, Ta- Chuck Tanner did it. Okay. Yeah. But those guys, most of those guys were going back a little ways. Yeah. I'm wondering if he's, the, I, I got to think he's the most recent to have done it. So yeah. funny enough, Glenn, I just wrote a 15-page uh, thesis paper on regression analysis looking at uh, significant factors uh, contributing to signing bonuses in the MLB draft. And I wrote one a, of the things I wrote, you wrote, a, I, wrote yeah. a, uh, I wrote my MLB power rankings the other night. And so uh, one of one of the findings I had was that height actually uh, doesn't have a ton of really? uh, contribution to, really? to signing bonus in pitchers. It actually had very little significance in the sample size I looked at. And now that was the, the ACC over the but, last but, okay, five years. But here's and the that's question: because is, of the degree of difficulty of repeating the delivery, right? And, that, and so, that makes sense. But is it considered a detriment? In that I didn't get into, but okay. it, it didn't significantly affect in any way a signing bonus a guy got or where they were drafted at all. So that I, I thought that was an interesting takeaway because you know obviously things like age were, were huge contributors and, and other statistics that I could get into later, but height and weight were not contributing to it. Uh, I, I get it. I would think that, and it was interesting. He's just started to think about what I asked him about being a relief pitcher. You know me. That's a big thing for me. Is yep. That that's a you key, see a skill set. Uh, see mm-hmm. a skill set. Boy, if he came into a game and all of a sudden was throwing ninety eight, but also ninety eight. His ninety eight is different than st- if Steve Johnson threw ninety eight. Sure. Okay. Yes. His he's on top of you and getting ninety eight. Yeah. That might be that might be to a hitter reaction time be like one hundred and two or something. You would have to think. You would have to you think. Know. It's the, a guy with that kind of reach and yep. wingspan can do significantly better things than guys who are five eleven, six foot, which is a huge but, majority. But again, of, I think the ability to repeat that would, would confining it to one inning. Yeah, right. you're liable to get much better performance. Yeah. than asking him to repeat it over and over ninety again. times. Yeah. Again. So when I was doing the study, one of the things I thought about was how are height and weight affecting injury? Because obviously you have guys like Bartolo right. so Colon. So a who, dumb guy might say, "I think, however, that a guy that's that big could handle the taxing mm-hmm. of throwing that many pitches better than a guy that's six six right. could handle." Or six, sure, six six pretty big. Let me and, take that back. Six three. And guys who are seven foot uh, historically, Anthony Davis is a, a great example of a guy who's been injured throughout his NBA career. A lot, lot. and because yeah. when you're a guy that big, something happens sometimes that yep. you're just not uh, always going to be as healthy as, as others who are shorter than you. But that's part of the thing I was thinking about when I was was doing this study. And again, it didn't. I, I guess Major League Baseball teams haven't really thought that way about guys who are extremely tall. No, clearly, <laughs> clearly, no, no doubt about that. Only again, other, you know, again, the the mental taxation when you to try and be a starter, having to keep your mechanics yep. together. The combination of that just it yells at me at this guy. I would u- be using him as I a get relief it. pitcher. I get it. But uh, at this point in his career, not bad for him oh, to learn no how to pitch Throw a some more bit pitches. Yeah. Throw more. 100%. Definitely. 
the only other modern player, and I can't believe that I blanked on this, yeah. and the only other modern player, so I'm saying the last 50 years yeah. to have done both NBA and uh, Major League Baseball was Danny Ainge. He was the only Danny other Ainge, one yeah. that did both. Someone said Chuck Connors in the comments yes. uh, over here. Yeah, that's who I was thinking yeah, of, Chuck not Connors. Chuck Connors. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck Connors, Connors. Yeah. Yep, did it. And it's the past 50 years? In the past 50 years. It's yeah. the only two that have done it are Ainge and Hendrickson in the last 50 so years. So that's 20. So 70 uh, somebody was in. That's the, not. That's. I don't think that's accurate. Who do you? Dave DeBusher. Dave DeBusher was seventy three. Was his last NBA season. So fifty. I guess technically that's 50, exactly fifty years. So the oh, same, oh, wait the, a minute. Okay, God, I was doing my math yeah. wrong. I'm thinking. Okay, because he pitched in about yep. sixty seven. Uh, he actually only pitched uh, sixty two and sixty three. Was that early? Yeah. He pitched. Yeah. I know. I saw him play in the NBA at the Civic Center. And I saw him pitch at Memorial oh, that's cool. Stadium. That's cool. That's really cool. All right. Um, we are winding down today's show. Has also been brought to you by Pressbox. Yeah, look at look at how that goes. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Right now, we're offering new sports betters the best sign up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books here in Maryland. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. Did you do a tidbit for us today? I did do a tidbit. Excellent. Are we ready for that? No, we'll do, well, we got to get one more oh, break. Okay. Right. Can I do one real quick story? Just a very quick sure. mention. Yes. During the show sometimes, I will pop over to AOL to get headlines. Yes. You know, just like what's going on in the world. Well, and the, we, there's always a danger that something significant is happening, right. and we're, and, and we're, we're sitting here debating about, about yeah. tall pitchers. Right. <laughs> right. And somebody's like, hey, the Ravens just made a huge trade. <laughs> right. They just got DeAndre Hopkins, you idiots. Maybe talk about that. Passenger opens. They didn't, by the way. Passenger opens exit door during airplane flight Ooh. in South Korea. Ooh. Twelve people injured. It makes note slightly. How would you react if you're on a plane and somebody just walked over? Mm. I mean, why is that a thing that I, a passenger could go over and know how to do that? Shouldn't there be like a code that they have to hit? Well, I mean, I get in in the event of an emergency, you don't want it to take any longer for you to get the door open. But yes, I would suggest that that I'd is. I'd say in light of today, you know, the way people think I, today, I, I think there should be some type of extra special lock. I hear you. I would go a step beyond, which is to say there are some times where I think certain the penalties for certain things do yeah. not fit the actual yeah. like that in and of itself. This guy should be executed. I'm like I, I'm not yeah, re- I'm not really saying that, but I'm saying like life in prison would one thousand percent be fair, even if there was no harm done. Right. If you put an entire group of people in that type of risk. I don't think it's absurd to say that's something that should land you life in prison. Who 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 went over and said, "Wait, we gotta close the door." I, I don't know. That's sucked. Out. That's the real like terrifying part yeah. about it to me. Is that, that could have gone on for twenty minutes. I don't know what you do. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know how quickly the air pressure goes. Like I don't understand right. enough it's, about the science it's not of like this. A pilot can go. Let me. Yeah, pull the thing over so he can deal with it. Right. <laughs> like a bench. I assume it becomes you have to make an emergency landing. Yep. I assume I, that uh, you have to immediately say we've got to make an emergency landing somewhere. Put your seatbelts on, and everybody, tight. everybody's got to put their you know oxygen their oxygen man. masks on. Except this guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I'd be okay with just throwing him out the window at that point. Um, but yeah, it is. I have thought. Okay. I just thought that was. Stan, a I've thought about thing. that before, and it's. I don't get 
terrified on airplanes, right. but I remember being on a plane once and having that thought cross my mind. Right. It might have been the first time we flew with my kids. Right. And like that thought crossed my mind of like what happened if that and it was a I had like a legitimate panic attack thinking about it. It's so terrifying. The idea of somebody open up the I think that is one of those crimes that should have significantly more stringent punishments. You know when you get in a taxi in New Orleans? I, I took a picture of this once. You get in a taxi in New Orleans, it says, there's a sign there that says, murdering a cab driver is a first-degree offense. or so, Like, oh, only for a cab driver? <laughs> <laughs> like, if I took an Uber, I would be good? It, 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 you is, know? it is New Orleans. I mean, the like, laws don't really apply it was there. the It's the weirdest thing of, like... Or if a friend of yours was giving you a ride. Yeah, it's cool. Him. Like, no big deal, right? <laughs> like, why did you feel the need... To tell me that when I got into this cab, like I would think that it would just be common sense. I swear to God, we should put that plaster on the door. If you op- opening this door can be a capital offense, right? Like you have to make that abundantly clear. There is no messing around. I with love this. the dispassionate writing. The person was detained by airport police on suspicion of violating the aviation security law. Only suspicion. A ministry statement said the person's identity and motives weren't immediately released. Man, there is... Yeah, correct. There is no no penalty that is too minimal or too too stringent to me for that. I I used to have an idea of creating a T-shirt company out of the headlines. Yeah. And I read a headline once, Judge Gives Life Sentence to Baseball Fan. Life Sentence to Baseball. Judge gives license. Oh no! It was, judge gives life sentence f- to a man for killing a baseball fan. Oh, that's what okay. it was. Oh. It's a little bit. I'm like, what am I that missing? Was about Forty here? years ago. Though, yeah, right. What am I missing? The actual story, though. Oh God! <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts. But it's about important that. to note that he was a baseball. Yeah, fan. that's the that's the part of the story that mattered, right? Yes. All right. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit and tubular as we wind down for a Friday edition of GCR. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? If you want to go see Jared Beck, if you want to go see Maxwell Costas, who joined us a little bit earlier, you can win four tickets to all of the area minor league baseball teams, plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around. You must be 18 or older in order to enter. The sweepstakes ends June 14th. Go sign up right now. Pressboxonline.com slash contests. So you got big plans, right? It's a holiday weekend. Imagine you're throwing some some parties, right? And like well, my uh, wife is uh, starting to invite people over for dinner. Oh, yeah? outside. So well, that's uh, nice. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. So I, I like will that. not be going to tonight's Oriole game because my wife threw away. Did, a did little, you say you're thinking about going to Aberdeen on Sunday? I'm going to Aberdeen on Sunday, cool. so I'll see the Oriole game tomorrow. S- uh, Saturday, yeah, tomorrow. Okay, it's a four oh five start. Yeah, I was trying to squeeze in taking my kids, so I'm I'm going to end up. I think there's another four oh five Saturday coming up, maybe for the sh- when they have Shaq performing afterwards. They got another four oh five. The difficult part for me is that the night games, even six thirty, is not an option for my kids. Right. So Sunday is obviously the day, but I do the radio show on Sunday. So my only option now is Saturday. So I need it to be that 4 o'clock right. start. They're not out of school yet, right? They're not quite out of school yet, okay. no. So I was hoping that this tomorrow would work for it, but um, apparently my in-laws are in town, so we got to do a thing with them tomorrow. Of course. But I, I did see, as I, like in literally three weeks from now, there's another 4 o'clock Saturday game, so I think we're going to end up doing that one instead with the kids, which cool. I'm looking forward to. All Dad, right. Dad going to join you? Um, I think he would like to, you know, like he's starting to veer into, I don't really like doing this anymore territory. Like he's starting to get there. But if the, actually, that's not true. Even if I called him and said, Hey, do you just want to go to a game? He'd want to do it with his grandkids and you. Yeah. I think that would be the case. So, but he is definitely like, I, I mentioned somebody that was coming to town, like a show, a concert. Because I was going to take him to Mavis Staples last fall, but would they canceled he, it. Would he be like Blink-182? I don't think Blink-182 would have been the one for him. But my like my <laughs> dad and I had gone to see Bob Dylan together. We went and saw Simon and Garfunkel when they got back together a few years ago. Like We've done a few of those over the I, years. I love Bob Dylan, but I've heard the concerts it's, are terrible. You have, I saw one that three years ago at UMBC. At yeah? The new really? It was great. Really? Bob Dylan did UMBC? 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I saw him at American with my father a few wow. years the ago. The new facility. Yeah. And it's very good for very music. Cool. And it was cool because I was seeing Bob Dylan, yeah. but the the issue with Bob, you have to really separate from, I want to see him do these songs. You, you can't go to a Bob Dylan show thinking that you're going to an Eagles show. Yeah. Like, yeah he's not going to play the greatest hits. When you go to saying. the Eagles show, you're going to get everything that you wanted in that show. Yes. Bob Dylan's going to do whatever he wants to do. He's just going to yeah. do, he's going to perform some songs and you can like it, you can not like it, whatever it is. But he's not going up there and running through, you know, Bob Dylan's, to your point, greatest hits. That's not the way yeah. that it goes. I also so. love the Wallflowers, and obviously Jacob Dylan. I actually love the Wallflowers myself. Wallflowers are neat. a fantastic band. You know, the newest album they made uh, with Roots and Wings on it. Wow. And Listen to you. I love the Wallflowers. Listen B- to you. Big fan. I, but we, I saw them at Ramshead like two years to ago. To me, Jacob Dylan is a significantly better singer. I mean, not he's not <laughs> the songwriter that Bob Dylan is, but he's a significantly better singer. Well, than it's, a diff- it's a completely different concept. It is. It uh, is. The first half of Bringing Down the Horse is one of the greatest half records in the history of music. It is. It is just spectacular. We didn't talk about Tina Turner at all today. Man. You know, I'll tell you a fascinating thing about her the, the other night. David Muir, mm-hmm. I pretty yeah, much ABC. have grown into watching him. Guess how, guess how long he... Guess the position of the Tina Turner story on, the, on his newscast... And how long did he talk about it? I'm terrified that the reason why you're bringing it up is because it was going into a commercial break and he talked about it for 20 seconds. Just the opposite. Really? Opened the broadcast and did nine minutes. Well deserved. Nine minutes on Tina Turner. This was a day when DeSantis announced he was running. uh, Tina Turner's an American American icon. That's how we should report these things i I appreciate the fact that we didn't just fall into political crap and that we respected tina turner's an american icon when there i have a few i think i've told you before when i songs that i love i like to find a particular live version of the song because live music is kind of my thing and as much as i can listen to music say on spotify or whatever i like to go and find a live version of Mm -hmm. a particular song that i love and then I kind of put it into my rotation. I have like a YouTube playlist. Mm-hmm. And the version of Proud Mary when they were on the Ed Sullivan show for the first time is one of the most raucous electric things you will ever see in your life. That was Ike and Tina. Yeah, the Ike and Tina Turner Review is what it... And they do a dance number to this really charged beat for three minutes... And then immediately right into Proud Mary. Mm-hmm. And her breathing, this is before the days where they would just fake this, where they mm-hmm. would just, ha- mm-hmm. her breathing is unfathomable. She might have been the greatest athlete of all time <laughs> because she goes right from this incredible Pro dance dancing. number into hitting this heavy version of Proud Mary. It's so spectacular, and I encourage everybody to go check it out. Uh, are, true. Are you about to turn the, the page on CDs? Oh, Are I've, you going long, back to I've vinyl? Long, no, I I've I will never be so I I have a, a record player. Yeah. I will not ever be this is a tough way to say it. Yeah. I know it sounds better on a record. Right. But I as I just said, I love live more than I love anything else. And so like when I want to listen to music, I'm telling you, I just listen on my phone, going to YouTube and finding live live versions of songs that I love. Okay. Um you know, what, I, there's a 
there's a rock and roll song by a band called Hum that came out in the 1990s. It's called Stars. It's one of my favorite rock and roll songs of all time. There is a version of that song where they go on Howard Stern, mm-hmm. and it's convoluted, right? Howard's just a huge fan of the song, wanted mm-hmm. the band to come in, but they didn't know how to set it any of it up. They've got the drummer out in the hallway. They're trying to figure out, and it is my favorite thing ever. And as much as I love the song, I love watching that version and listening to that version of the song so much more because there's just something about live music for me. I, It's hard for me to explain. It's why I will ever... My, my wife a couple years ago was like, I kind of don't care about concerts anymore. I'm like, Okay, well that can be you. I'm not going to be I'm right. I love live music. Right. I love that feeling. And as much as I understand and appreciate the skill involved with like electronic music, nothing can ever replicate to me that feeling of being there somewhere mm-hmm. when, you know, you went and saw, you know, the jazz, the greatest jazz artists of all time yeah. perform. Nothing can replicate that for me. Mm-hmm. So, I'll never be a vinyl obsessed person that way. Like but, I But is it it's turning back toward vinyl. Oh, 100%. Right it's yeah. almost completely back to vinyl. I mean, I, I would say there's probably like 2% of the U.S. population that actually uses CDs at this point. Yeah, I don't even know if, if they make CDs when, a, when an artist puts out an album anymore. I think it's... Probably in very limited quantities. Maybe, yeah. I, they definitely put them out on vinyl, for sure. I don't, yeah, I don't they're know. They're starting to come back to vinyl. Yeah, but there is a vi- vinyl resurgence, for sure. Player. You don't? don't really? Um, look, the, the sound of vinyl cannot be matched. There is no question of it. It is the crispest sound that you will ever get in listening to something. But I, I just love live. I love the, the, the live recordings and some of the messiness of it. It means so much to me. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. So you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So a tidbit is that Ronald Acuna, uh, who has had some, uh, not rough years, but not Ronald Acuna years um, in the in the past two, is now having one of the yeah, great years of all time. Ronald Acuna has been everything you expect him to be. He's probably the league's best player right now, if you don't include Shohei Otani, and it's hard to compare anybody to sure. Shohei Otani. But Ronald Acuna right now is on pace for a 40-40 season, which has only happened four times in Major League history, and I'm going to go right into trivia here. Can you guys name the four 40-40 players in Major League history? I think... Did think, Canseco do it? Yeah, one he time? definitely. Jose did Canseco it. did 1, it. One thousand percent, he did it. Yes, I, I know Barry Bonds did it. Barry Bonds did it. You guys are on a good start. I know Boy. Babe Ruth didn't. Do yeah, it. I don't think <laughs> he got <laughs> Babe quite. Ruth. Uh, maybe, maybe the greatest Baltimore athlete of all yeah, time, right. as we established, did not do it. <sighs> I'm struggling with this. I think A Rod is on the list. A Rod is on the list. Yes, as a Mariner. Seattle, as right. a Mariner. That's, yes, that's tremendous. The last one is the hardest one, I think. And this is also the most recent. Most recent. Most recent. Most recent. Judge didn't do it. Judge did not do no. it. I'm trying to think of who even That doesn't make... count as a guess. Right. No, it's, that's <laughs> well, why I asked it. And when I say right. most recent, right. I mean right. most recent out of it these It wasn't Jose four. Ramirez, right? It was not Jose Ramirez. And most recent out of these four. Most recent out of these four. And so the most recent would be Bonds, right? It was not. Pro- I mean, A Rod would have. No, A Rod would have. It would have been A Rod, I think. Okay. Yeah. I don't know when Bonds did it, but I'm assuming when he was with the Pirates. I would think. Um, boy. Um, I'll start giving Nate, you hints Nate if you want. McClough. Them. <laughs> Nate McClough. Well, okay, a, so we can start. Like, I, I, oh God, it's the the harder part is which way. Ramirez would have been my. 
That would have been my guess. Okay. That's a really good guess, but no. I don't think in Ramirez in Cle- is Cleveland ever Ramirez hit 40, 40 home runs. Yeah. Oh, wait. You're thinking of... I think he's thinking of Jose... Are you thinking of Manny Ramirez or Jose oh, Ramirez? No, Jose yeah. Ramirez. Yeah. 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 yeah, that would have been my guess. Not um, I bet Manny doesn't have 40 in his career. Stolen bases? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. No, no way. I don't yeah. think so. Not the most athletic player in the world. God, this is... This is more difficult than I feel like it should be. You got the first three. Mookie Betts didn't do it. Mookie Betts did not do it, but I'll give you a hint and I'll say this player is very similar to Mookie Betts to me in a lot of ways. Player is very similar to Mookie Betts in a lot of ways. So an outfielder? He did play a lot of outfield in his career, but that's not the only position he played. Didn't play a lot of outfield, but it's not the only position he played. So somebody who was converted into an outfielder? Um, I, I believe he played the infield first. First. Not coming to me. But I'll, I'll I'll check my facts. Hang on. Believe he played the infield first. Um, Troy Cabre- Tul- Cabrera? Tro- no, not Cabrera. Troy Tulowitzki didn't do it. That's a really fun guess, but no. Yeah. I get fun guesses. Yeah, that was a fun. That guess. is a fun. Yeah. I love Troy Tulowitzki. A great defensive shortstop. Yeah. All right, you might have to give us something else. Uh, he played on the same team. I don't know if at the same time as Alex Rodriguez at one point. Griffey? No, Griffey would have been before. Yeah, he did play. He did play at one point with Alex Rodriguez. Played with, with Alex Rodriguez yes. at one point. 40-40. Played with Alex Rodriguez at one point. So let me go team by team. It's not Palmero. No. Uh, was it? Did they play together in Texas? They did not. Did they play together in Seattle? They did not. So did they play together in New York? They did. There we go. Now we can work from there. There you go. Played with Alex Rodriguez in New York. Still not coming. Man, yeah, I'm struggling with this too. <laughs> God. Do, you to, do you want me to give you the infield position he played? Sure. Right. He was a second baseman. Soriano. Alfonso Soriano. Sure. Who was also traded for Alex yeah, Rodriguez. He definitely was but traded if I for said Alex that, Rodriguez. then I was yeah, gonna yeah, it was gonna give it away. Was. Boy, that's a good one. And that I, is a really and good I one. Knew it at one point. That was a really good one. Wow, I forgot that Soriano had a 40-40 season. He did two thousand six for that's Soriano. Bonkers, man. Yeah, for a minute, Soriano was Unbelievable. That's a good one. Very good. All right, Tubular is brought to you today by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance. Boy, that's it is time. It's A.C. season, and they're going to help you improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. New rebates and discounts are available. Find out more, ajmichaels.com. A uh, lot going on this weekend. Rangers, Orioles, Mass and two, despite the fact that the Orioles are at home. I don't know what that's all about. 7 o'clock, John Gray and Grayson Rodriguez tonight. Tomorrow at 4 o'clock, as we talked about, it's um, Andrew Heaney and Dean Kramer. And Sunday at 1.30, Dane Dunning and Kyle Bradish, the pitching matchups this weekend. The Big Ten baseball tournament continues. Maryland now gets today off. They advance to the semifinals. They'll play at 2 tomorrow. Um, their opponent will be determined tonight. That's on Big Ten Network. The lacrosse semifinals are this weekend. Obviously, no local connection Tomorrow on ESPN2, Duke and Penn State at noon, Virginia and Notre Dame at 2.30 up in Philly. Tomorrow night, Game 6 for the Celtics and Heat, 8.30 on TNT. ABC tomorrow night for Stars Golden Knights, Game 5 after Dallas stayed alive last night. Vegas will try again to close that series out. That's tomorrow night at 8 on ABC. And on Sunday, the Indianapolis 500 is at 12.30 on NBC. And the French Open begins on Sunday morning at 5 a.m. on the Tennis Channel. So if you need me for the next two weeks... You'll know where to find me. I will be watching tennis. Everything else, find out at glennclarkradio.com. 
Uh, it is a big weekend for finales. The series finale of Succession is Sunday night on HBO. The series finale of Barry is Sunday night on HBO. Uh, the series finale of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is airing right now on Amazon Prime. So you can check all of those things out. Zach, tomorrow morning, you guys are on 10 to noon. We are on 10 to noon. Talking yes, baseball. We're talking baseball. Stan the fan. Yeah. Stan the fan will be Very there. Very good. That's what you Stan the fan will be there if he uh, if he still wants to be. Yes. That's <laughs> I still want to be. That's, there you go. That's the bat around tomorrow morning from that's 10 to me, noon. That's me. I want to be. <laughs> uh, I, I will be with you by myself Sunday from 1 to 4 and 105.7 The Fan. And then Rita and I will be on 6 to 9 a.m. on Monday morning. We'll be filling in for the morning show on Monday morning for the holiday. So no GCR on Monday for the holiday. Uh, but Zach will be back with me on Tuesday. We'll have another day together. We'll be back then. Stan, you will not be doing your show on Monday. Correct. But you'll be doing power rankings, I assume, still? Yeah, abbreviated uh, without just a list of the power rankings. Okay. We we go easy on Luke. There will be a power rankings available at PressBoxOnline.com. At StanTheFan for him on Twitter. Zach, you're on Twitter at ZGoodman. ZGoodman20, I believe it is. I don't know anymore. Thank you for your thank you for coming in and hanging out with us. Congratulations again on thank your graduation. You. Well done. Thanks also today to uh, Jared Beck. Thanks to Maxwell Costas, to Scott Hastings. Uh, we'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the archives. That's not bad. Uh, Griffin's been mixing it up recently, though. Uh, you know what though? I wasn't I wasn't expecting that because yeah, you right? didn't do it last time not, I was there. Not bad. So hey. not bad. I wanted yeah. to see if you'd bite. If not, we could have moved on. It's all right. Thanks, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All-American Lacrosse, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Follow, uh, thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Um, one quick message, right? And this was my buddy T-Bone, Tom Marr, sent this to me. Uh, today is known as Don't Friday. It's a campaign from the National Council of Skin Cancer Prevention to promote sun awareness. So you're going to be out this weekend. You're going to be just, melanoma is real. Think about that. Put on some damn sunscreen. It's not that hard. Put some sunscreen on this weekend, whether you're headed to a game, wherever you're doing, put your sunscreen on. Also, I always remind uh, when you open up the pools, two seconds is too long. Keep your eyes on your kids while you're out there, and don't drink and drive, please, this weekend, under the holiday weekend. But enjoy it. Have fun. We'll see you next week. It's Glenn Clark Radio.